helping shift the paradigms one day at a time. Shifters of the world, unite. Aloha, everyone. Welcome so much, and thank you once again for tuning in to another live broadcast recording of a Paradigm Shift team-building hangout presented through ParadigmShiftCentral.com, the real-world interactive game to help shift consciousness. This is your co-host for the broadcast, Brendan, a.k.a. Skull Babylon, a.k.a. Wolfshield, joined with fellow shifters here tonight to be able to co-create, to be able to take part in this interactive discussion to be able to practice talking about the metaphysical and the spiritual and beyond. So, fellow shifters who are here with me in the broadcast, please feel free to unmute yourselves and say hello to the beautiful people tuned into this broadcast. So, hello, beautiful people. What's going on? Hello. hello. Follow your dreams. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining in. And as I mentioned, this is a live broadcast recording of a team building hangout. This is something that we do regularly through the live through the project of ParadigmShiftCentral.com. And as I mentioned, this is a real-world interactive game to help shift consciousness. It's something that we invite people to get in part to get involved with, to be able to use this digital space, to be able to connect as community, to be able to build as a global team of shifters, to be able to get to know one another, and to be able to practice talking about the things that we don't normally get a chance to talk about. So some of the ways as has how you play this game is through creating conscious media, is by doing the little things that make the big difference, is by being a light guardian, is by awakening within the dream, is by focusing on your own personal evolution and knowing that in turn you're adding to the collective evolution. So in terms of how this is going to roll, of course this is a pretty open-ended discussion and we're just going to be able to get right into things and I'll just give uh, what we're going to do we're just going to go through and we're going to give people a chance to introduce themselves to say who they are and where they're from and how they themselves are helping shift consciousness or what they're interested in or anything else that they want to talk about. And then once we get through the main introductions, we'll allow the conversation to bounce around. And of course, just inviting you guys who are also watching this broadcast, please feel free to help share the wave further by rippling the wave further by letting other people know that it is live and that we are kicking things off. And uh, as always, we'll get into some really cool conversation. I know we're going to be talking a little bit about spiritual activism. We have our good friend Michael Brazel here, and that's always an interesting topic. I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about some of the things that I've been working on in terms of the projects that we got on the go. But we'll get more to that as we uh, as we keep unfolding the project. And uh, yeah, thank you so much to for everyone to, for choosing to, to be able to tune into this. And of course, if you are tuned into this live, feel free to interact through the live chat on the main website. And uh, even if you're on YouTube, you can still try commenting on the YouTube and uh, we'll try to respond to those as well. So with that said, I'll just give a quick introduction. My name is Brendan. I'm the director and facilitator for the Paradigm Shift Central Project. This project began as a single club in my college many, many years ago, back in 2010. And it was created with the intention of bringing people together to practice being mirrors for each other, to practice having these discussions, and ultimately to be able to learn and grow together. So first and foremost, this is about being able to practice having those discussions. That's why we're here. It's really just about practice. So some of my main interests are related to things such as our multidimensional nature within this reality, such as uh, lucid dreaming, the, the power of storytelling, uh, things related to conscious media, and uh, UFOs and Sasquatch and all that good stuff. So if we're talking about UFOs within this episode, I would be more than happy to be able to uh, jump right in on that. So with that said, though, we'll um, let the other shifters here introduce themselves as well as we go through uh, just a quick introduction with everyone and then we'll get more into the flow of the conversation and see where things go. So with that said, we'll uh, let whoever wants to go first um, introduce themselves. You guys can decide whoever wants to introduce themselves. 
would like to go first. So I'll just give you guys a second to decide and see who wants to jump in. We do have a few new players within the game, within this broadcast, so um, whoever would like to go first. Um, we'll yeah. let David, we'll let, we'll let you go first. So David, welcome welcome to the uh, to the Paradigm to Central Project, and, and thank you so much for being here. So please, you can say hello, uh, where you're from, and, and a little bit about what you do to help shift consciousness and anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks for coordinating all this, too. Uh, my name is David, and uh, I live. Uh, my wife and I live uh, out in the country, not too far from Asheville, uh, North Carolina. And uh, we're both all into this, uh, into pretty much everything you just articulated. And uh, yeah, and this, so this is my first time uh, doing this uh, team building uh, stuff, and just uh, interested in hanging out and seeing what everybody has to say, and uh, later on I, I have a little share to, to, uh, to offer. Uh, whenever you want to do that, just let me know. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Awesome. Thanks, David. And I know um, David and, and a few other people actually tuned in recently, uh, synced up recently with the project following the uh, interview that, that Bridget Nielsen and I did, and, and that's available through the YouTube channel and on the main website. So shout out to the people who have recently synced up to the project because of that. It was really exciting to be able to, to collaborate with her, and shout out to Bridget. She's doing some some great work as a quote-unquote Starseed ambassador. So, I mean, if, if anything, if you guys want to talk about the whole Starseed concept, I'd be more than happy to, uh, again, within this, broad, within this broadcast. Anything, anything can really come up within it. So I know uh, David's got some some cool stories to to share later on. But D David, go ahead. Was there more that you want to add in on there? Yeah, I thought the, uh, Earth Seed is actually even more interesting. <laughs> that, that whole concept of Earth Seed that, that was that really caught me off guard. That was that's great. Yeah, yeah, that was something that came up in the interview, the idea of you know, a lot of people talk about star seeds, but uh, for me personally, bringing it back to that concept of the earth seed, rooting our connection to, to what it is that we're doing with our feet on the ground right here and now, which is, again, what this project is about. It's about encouraging people to choose to be the change they wish to see, connecting them as a community, and collectively inspiring each other to uh, continue to do so. So, David, thanks again for, for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, I know David's got, so, got, got a little story about the, the little ways that he's making the big differences, so we'll, we'll get to that as we keep going. But, David, I know you have to head out at some point, so just let us know if you want to jump in earlier with that. So, perfect. All right, so uh, thanks, David, and uh, let's uh, keep bouncing around. So who would like to introduce themselves next? And um, let uh, maybe I'll I'll pick I'll, I'd be happy to pick someone so I know um maybe Dev Devin would want to go because sure sure yeah okay cool yeah. thanks hey well my name is Devin Burton I'm from Vancouver BC and uh, I'm just here to kind of talk about spirituality and uh, and growing as a person and I kind of first tuned in first time for Dream Class two days ago. And really enjoyed myself. Really got to connect with people all around the world, doing the same thing, kind of bringing on consciousness. So that was something I'm really hyped about. And yeah, really, really excited. Had my spiritual awakening about a year ago, and it's, it's kind of taken off from then. Empathy, spirituality, talking to spirits, and communicating through telepathy and whatnot. So really, uh, really interesting getting to know you all. Thanks. There you go, my computer just glitched for a second, no problem. 
cool. So yeah, thanks again. And and the, going back to that dream class that we had the other day, I was listening to the recording of that, and uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. And again, you know, we can talk about dreams within this broadcast as well. Um, I mean, the other night I was working with some mugwort, and one of the things that stood out to me is that I had like a really long dream. Like I, I specifically noticed how much longer my dream was. It wasn't anything like super duper profound. I mean, I can talk about it later, but I did notice the effects. I mean, yeah, lucid dreaming, dream exploration as isn't the dream class. We can still talk about that within this class. And again, for people who may be brand new to this, a big part of how we encourage people to play the game is by taking part in these interactive broadcasts, these, these digital spaces to be able to connect and just as a quick information, some of the other broadcasts we have are the dream classes, the Destiny School, and next week's topic coming up is about love and sacred sexuality, and also the admin meetings and the global meditations. And uh, yeah, again, just encouraging people to check out the main website when they get a chance for more information on that. So cool, Devin, thanks so much for, for sticking up again, man. Looking forward to seeing, seeing what comes out of this tonight, so <laughs> cool. All right, so um, we'll keep bouncing around, and uh, who would like to introduce themselves next? We have um, we have a few people. We have uh, um, er, 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 Aramie. No, I'm pronouncing that wrong, but um, she's new, and we also have... Er, am I pronouncing her? No, I know you corrected me on it. Would you like to introduce yourself is my next question. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd yeah, like no, to. You, you... You said it right. It's Aaron. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. Welcome. That's perfect. Hello. Thank you. Um, I am brand new to this. Um, I'm living in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I heard Asheville from David. Um, I don't know, you guys. I perceive things on all kinds of crazy different levels, and always have, and just thought. Um, that I was nuts or there was something, you know, uh, about me that I had to overcome, and I've recently discovered that's not the case, so um, it's all kind of fallen together, and that's pretty cool. And I'm, uh, I'm interested in herbs, um, always have been, and also uh, extraterrestrial UFO stuff, um, and dreams also are big. Um, those are my, my three big things that I kind of visit with on the daily. So, good to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. And, uh, yeah, all those topics are definitely things that we can talk about here. So, looking forward to it. Sweet. Cool. Okay, so let's keep bouncing around with the introductions. So, um, we also have uh, Sabrina, we have uh, Roman, and we have uh, Mr. Yoga Witch himself, Michael Brazel. So... Um, <laughs> which which of you guys would like to go first? Um, who who's I? <laughs> maybe 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 Michael Brazel can go. So just all right, fine, I'll go. All right, all right okay, cool. <laughs> go for it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to be here. Satnam, Haryom, all that good stuff. Um, second broadcast of the day for me, so this is uh, always exciting to get to talk um, about different things. So I am a practicing witch. I'm a student of the Anderson Fairy tradition um, of witchcraft. I'm a yoga instructor, a meditation teacher um, in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, what else? I travel 
frequently to DC to teach classes and workshops to gather in community. I've been floating through the airways with Brendan for a few years now, so it's always great to reconnect to talk about witchy and spiritual things. So there you have it. <laughs> sweet, sweet. And and I will say, because we were going to mention this, um, the broadcast that you did earlier today was uh, the Way Of podcast with our friend Paul Boggy. And, and those of you who have tuned in in the past, you would have heard us mention this. And, and Michael was the guest on it, so it was the Way Of, Michael Brazel. And um, Michael, do you want to just, because we can expand on this a little bit later, but can you just maybe give us a quick overview of some of the some of the topics that you guys hit upon there? Because I was tuned in for some of it, and it sounded really good, and uh, I'm looking forward to going back and listening to more of it. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, a pretty interesting and intense conversation because we talked about you know everything from what it means to be a witch, because I think it's a term we hear used a lot, even in popular culture, but... Um, not, not really understanding what it means to wear that title and to wear that role, um, how to find magic in very simple things, and what it means to bring activism into our spirituality and into our spiritual communities to help foster inclusivity um, and intersectionality, which I think in this time when things are extremely chaotic, um, to help people feel more welcomed, to help people feel heard, and to let people be seen in whatever way um, helps to create safe community for people. Because I think beyond just community, it's creating safe, inclusive community for, um, for everyone. So that's kind of what we talked about. It was a really powerful discussion. We even talked about our old friend, Phoenix. We shared some stories about him. So it's a great listen, and um, you know, I'll post it in a little group chat here in a minute. But definitely check it out. You know, and I open people to there's things that come up within you from the conversation. Contact me directly. I'm always available to chat. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. And, and again, for people who want to easily find it, I actually added it to the playlist for the newest videos. And uh, through ParadigmShiftCentral.com, you can see it under like the feed for the newest videos. You'll see it right in there relative to the time of this broadcast, which is July 28th. And um, yeah, I want to be able to like help Paul with uh, getting those out further uh, in, in the midst of all the Facebook uh, retardation. That sort of makes it a little bit difficult to get the information out there because I do feel that uh, I know that, I mean, between it was you, Paul, Michelle, and, and the other co-hosts, and, uh, yeah, I know that's just, like, a ripe conversation in the making. So uh, definitely encouraging people to go and check that out for, for, more, for more inspiration that they can download through, through the listening and, and get the, lots of uh, additional knowledge, knowledge bombs and gems and all sorts of witchy goodness. So, so thanks, thanks for joining us once again, Michael. All right, so um, we'll keep bouncing around, and uh, we still have Sabrina and Roman to introduce themselves, and we do have uh, another player who's joined the game. We also have Andy, and uh, if Andy wants to introduce themselves as well, they can do that. So um, between Sabrina and Roman and Andy, if one of you guys wants to introduce yourself next, please feel free to do so. And Sabrina, go hey. ahead. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Sabrina and then Roman. Okay, Sabrina, go ahead. All right, my name's Sabrina. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And I basically, I guess this is my second uh, hangout thing with you guys. <laughs> I did the uh, dream one the other day, and I thought it was a really great conversation. So I'm back, and 
Um, basically, I'm an independent researcher. I'm really into like esoterics and witchcraft and um, parallel universes and super soldiers and mind control, all that kind of stuff, how it all kind of connects and, you know, meeting other people that are like-minded is very comforting at this point <laughs> because when you fall down that rabbit hole, it's just very lonely at times. So I'm really glad that I'm here connecting with you guys and I hope to uh, share what I know with you. Very cool, very cool. Thanks for joining us, Sabrina. And I mean, between between yourself, between my me and between Michael, um, I'm sure uh, we could definitely get into talking about a little bit a little bit of the MK Ultra stuff since I know some of us have been watching Stranger Things. So that's definitely a hot topic within the collective <laughs> mindset right now. Um, Sabrina, have you seen have you have you heard of the show Stranger Things at all? I, Just out I have actually. My boyfriend yeah. and I have been watching it. So okay. Perfect, perfect. Because I feel like, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people are watching that and I feel like that in itself is just like getting more people on on board with the idea of oh, just yeah. like, be like, wait, you know, are parallel dimensions real? Are psychic abilities real? Is mm -hmm. is any of this stuff like actually just a TV show or what's going on here, right? So yeah, we'll definitely, um, I'd definitely be happy to I get I think a lot that, of so. people need to check back and re-watch all the X-Files or if you've never watched like the old ones, we just finished all of them this past year and like we just <laughs> one after the other was amazing and it, there's a lot of parallels that were going on you know watching something that was filmed in you know the 90s which is parallel with my life too while I'm watching this happen so it's it's very unreal the truth is out there it's phenomenal <laughs> no it's psychobabble is it Roman <laughs> well, even if it's not 100% correct, it's still people still need to exercise the uh, possibility possibilities, and I completely oh, I'm not agree. I'm saying with it's you. all real. That's not what I. Oh saying. yeah, I totally. I, I'm I'm about to like I'm about to like agree with you and be like, yeah, I'm that independent researcher too, and I arrived here thinking like, wow, these people kind of meet me at this point, and then we can all kind of like coalesce and branch into different directions from here. So I'm glad that community and uh, people like you guys exist, which clearly you do, because people will talk about statistically, like, oh, there's only uh, a handful of people in the whole world who kind of get this paradigm of information. But that small handful out of 8 billion people is happens to be a couple thousand. So, I mean, you guys are out there, and we all got to connect and understand each other. And yeah, I've been watching Stranger Things too. Good stuff. Winona Ryder is back acting, which is neat. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, Roman, go yeah. ahead. You can you can introduce yourself too if you want to segue right into that, and then we'll go back to Winona Ryder any second now. <laughs> yep, totally. Um, and Mike, I'll definitely watch your video because I've in my research I keep seeing kind of like witch pop up, not like subliminally, but I'm just like, okay, I really need to like. Because I don't know how to get really good resources, so hearing what a witch is personally from someone who is one is probably a good idea. So I'm gonna go and watch your video sometime later afterward, something around there. And yeah, I'm I'm Roman. I I admin the Arizona, the state of Arizona, the United States page of Paradigm Shift, and that's where I put out 
liberating in conscious media whenever I can, and uh, that's kind of what I do for the community surrounding me, and, and the whole world can kind of culminate into that page, but that's kind of where I uh, put my information. It may be a little bit of my viewpoint, but uh, I hope it helps other people understand themselves and the information very well, and that information we can get into at any point, but yeah. Cool. Sweet, man. Well, welcome welcome back to the Hangout, and uh, I know we were just talking that you recently added a, uh, a new quest journal uh, related to psychology and, and spirituality, so I mean, that's definitely something we can talk a little bit more about within the broadcast as well, because I think that's a very interesting topic, so... Cool, man. Sweet. Um, sweet, guys. Okay, so with that said, we, we've kind of gone through through the introductions, and, and again, you know, for people listening to this, uh, just to cover some of the basics, of course, these broadcasts are something that people can join at any time, and again, it, this is about being able to connect. It's being able to build ourselves as a team. It's being able to grow as a family, and it's being able to reflect as consciousness to see where we are, and just as a little piece of information, because I didn't fully mention it at the beginning, a part of this project is about encouraging people to create physical paradigm shift communities where they are, and right now there are many, many shift communities across the globe, and that is something that is continuing to evolve, and the basic idea is about creating open-minded discussion and meditation circles, but at the very least, just encouraging people to, to help bring people together in their community to facilitate events, so maybe if it's not necessarily called a paradigm shift community, there's a million and one ways to be able to help bring people together, and again, just encouraging people to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations as well. So um, I, I was going to say, we're, we're going to bounce around with some more ideas, um, but I just wanted to check in and see if uh, Andy had their, their microphone working, so um, Andy, if you had your microphone working, feel free to just uh, go ahead and, and, and introduce yourself. And um, Okay, so it's not working right now, actually, Andy, so uh, unfortunately, um, just let us know if it's working later, though. You feel free to, to jump in. Okay, so with that said, guys, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of topics we want to get into. Uh, I, I'd be happy to talk about Stranger Things because I think within the realms of, like, conscious media and, and how new ideas coming through media oh. is actually uh, a way that things are happening. Oh, is it, was that an Andy? Is that... Yes, that's me. Okay, Sorry. cool. All right, well, Andy, welcome to welcome back to to the Hangouts, and uh, uh, if you can just give a brief introduction, just say who you are, where you're from, and uh, some of the things that maybe you're interested in, and, and how you're helping shift consciousness, and then we'll uh, we'll get into uh, an introduction topic that I was gonna bring up. Uh, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, it's been a while ever since I've been uh, back here to this paradigm shift. I've been here almost like almost like a year ago, so yeah. But greetings, all you humans. That's how I tend to greet my uh, people who are outside of myself or outside of my race. The thing is, is one of the things I would tell you about myself is my real name is not Andy. I do recognize my own starseed origins. A couple of days ago, when uh, when you brought in, you brought up the story about the starseeds, and you brought about uh, dreams. I wanted to tell you. That my origin, uh, do you uh, like? Does any of you guys recognize like the inner Earth uh, uh, civilizations, or watch any of the any of Bridges uh, like uh, videos? Are you? Yeah, you can go 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 ahead though, Andy. Just just roll with roll with what you're doing. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm a little scared to tell you this, but the you're fact is, it's okay. We already know. Yeah. I am a Draco. I'm a Starseed Draco, and I am uh, uh, I'm actually uh, have ties with those who are the Illuminati's 
with those who are a, the royal bloodlines. And I am also a person who have ties with those who are in the inner earth. So my, my mission here on earth is to help those who are uh, part of the Illuminati uh, to uh, help uh, move forward in a better uh, route. Because I know that, to be honest with you, I'm not any regular reptilian or Draco. My father is a king in a previous lifetime, and I, I was supposed to be there, but I, uh, I left because I can, I can do care about the human race. That's why I can decided to come here when uh, Brennan put up like the videos about a uh, star seeds and from uh, Bridget, and I, I was a little hesitant to tell you guys this, but that is who I am. I'm here to help. Well, welcome, welcome back to, to the Hangout, Andy, and uh, yeah, thanks for sharing, and I mean, I think it's an interesting topic um, when people sort of begin connecting with different ideas about possibilities of their, their origins and everything, and it is something that, you know, for, for me personally, I, I always encourage people to, to sort of it, it develop an, an internal sense of discernment without sort of committing entirely necessarily to, to one idea or another and and again you know bringing it back to even what I was mentioning uh, to David the idea of um, like bringing it back to the concept of the earth seed you know like it, it's, it's it's I think it's one thing to sort of recognize the possibility of our many lineages but uh, sometimes like it can be almost um, uh, distracting in, in some ways if we heavily associate ourselves with a concept that we can't necessarily Necessarily, fully uh, like have in front of us as you know like definitive experience and proof, but rather it's just something that is more of a novel idea in, in some ways, and 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 I think it's it's something that it can be talked about more, and, and it is like a delicate matter. And uh, Andy, I, I appreciate you sharing, um, and again, you know, welcome, welcome back to the hangout, and I'm glad that you're you're here to help. So. <laughs> Um, so guys, let's uh, let's um, keep bouncing around a, again a little bit more. And uh, what I kind of wanted to do, I kind of wanted to just uh, like bring in a little bit of uh, for a moment, just kind of like you know an, an overall feel of, of like as much as as big as this thing is, and, and then later we can get into the topic of like Stranger Things, and and I'll give like a summary of what, what that is. But I just kind of wanted to get into a little bit of um, just kind of like the overview of like where the world is at. Like as big as that is, and, and I actually um, wanted to kind of allow uh, Michael Brazel to to sort of jump in and, and sort of like help steer a little bit of the perspectives, just in terms of uh, again bringing it back to that idea of like answering the question of like what is needed uh, for 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 us as people who are on the spiritual path. Like, what is our role within this world uh, when we sort of just, again, step back and recognize, like, how things are unfolding? And a lot of people may focus on the chaos, and a lot of people will focus on the good. And I think that's kind of the thing, is that there's definitely the both happening at, at the same time. And uh, ultimately, again, going back to that question of finding out, like, what is needed? What what can we do to, to help make this world uh, a little bit better, a little bit brighter, and uh, to bring a little bit more shiftiness into it so to speak. Um, so, Michael, uh, if that's something, maybe you can sort of start off that conversation, and, and then we'll we'll bounce around with that for a while. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the topics we discussed on um, the way of me <laughs> earlier today um, was spiritual activism, and it, it linked into the idea that, you know, we were talking about what it means to be a witch. And I don't speak for all witches. I can only speak for myself. Um, so for us, we're edge walkers. We're those who um, 
come down into the, the tribes and sometimes we stir the pot, um, we hold magic, we point um, at things that need awareness and attention. Um, and I think, you know, we, we live in a world now where so much is happening so quickly. And I don't think that we as spiritual communities um, are absolved from taking part in these growing and evolving processes. Um, you see it a lot. I think sometimes we're afraid to have discussions about things like racism in our spiritual communities. We're afraid to talk about um, the heavier topics that are affecting the world. And sometimes we feel that if we have those discussions, we may exclude people. But what happens in reality is if we don't have those discussions, we're excluding people. So we have to have these heavier, um, deeper discussions within our communities because it helps to create um, inclusivity. It helps to um, be better allies to those who are in the struggle. We were talking also about the idea of oneness. Because I see this a lot in spiritual communities where we throw oneness around um, or we try to love and light things into, um, into betterment. And that's not always how it works. Um, we talked about activism as an act of love. You know, it's love, we try to love and light things into being better, but love is messy. Love is not an easy process. Love is not something that um, can always fix everything. And I think we need to put more action behind, you know, just throwing love out there. You know, love means having those difficult discussions um, with people in regards to race or transphobia or Islamophobia or the many phobias and isms that are out there. It means having these honest discussions, not just with them, but understanding what my privilege is and how I um, may be supporting these systems within my own life, but also how I may be supporting those systems within my spiritual communities or within my own spirituality. So it's important to, to do this deeper work, and we are in a time where we are primed to do this work. You know, it's called spiritual practice, and now we have to go from doing the practice to doing the work. And I think now is that time to really do that work, you know. And, you know, I don't like it when I see, um, you know, I, post, I post stuff on my wall very frequently about um, a lot of the social justice things that are happening. And then I'll see someone post, well, you know, why can't we just all get along? Why can't, you know, there just be oneness? Why can't we just love each other? And it's easy to say that from a place of privilege, you know, especially if I'm not in the struggle. It, if I can look at other as other, it's easy for me to say, man, why can't they just get along? Why can't we just love each other? And, yeah, I think we need love, but I also know that to truly embrace oneness, it means to get in the trenches with my brothers and sisters as an ally and to empathize and to not try to silence their pain or to silence their anger because those emotions are justified, those emotions are valid, especially with what's happening in the world. So I think sometimes we wield our spirituality as, um, as a mechanism to distance ourselves from um, what's happening in the world. And to truly be enlightened and to be spiritual is to be part of the world and to get in the mud and the muck with um, everybody else. And I think that's part of what we talked about today. So it's really doing that deeper work, self-examination, like understanding um, ourselves better and understanding how we may be supporting those systems of oppression, um, those systems of injustice, 
and doing the work to dismantle those systems within ourselves and then also within our communities, whether they be spiritual or otherwise. So there you have it. You know. <laughs> yeah, dude. Completely. I completely agree with you. I think people forget to see that. They'll, they'll hear word. They'll hear like very. Um, happy words, I don't know, I know a better term for that, but they'll hear something like that and they'll try to propagate it, but it's like propagating a word without knowing its definition kind of thing. You know, you've got to what that word actually means. Just kind of be like, oh man, the the hard, tingent, tough, even frustrating work is love. Right. Well, being in the trenches, getting in the mud, you know, it's it's we can't you we can't use love and light and oneness to erase the struggle of others. And I think that's the danger sometimes in spiritual circles and in spiritual communities, is that um, we will erase. It's like saying all lives matter in relation to Black Lives Matter. Saying all lives matter to that community is trying to erase, you know, their pain, and to make myself feel more comfortable. And we do that in spirituality by saying, well, everyone should just love each other, you know? Well, it's easy to say that from, you know, this perspective when you're not necessarily in the struggle. And I think we have to do better within our communities. Um, and we see this a lot in, in various communities. Like in the yoga community, it's come up a lot that, um, you know, on the covers of many of the magazines, people of color and different body size aren't represented in a way that um, really shows what yoga actually is, you know. So we have to confront those things, and we have to hold accountable those systems that are propagating these messages that, um, that aren't oneness. You know, oneness really is including everything, including the pain, including the suffering, including getting into that, those spaces as an ally and doing the work to take down those systems that are supporting those types of um, egregious cruelty and, and oppression. And I think too, you know, it's, it's important for us to do that introspective work. I think sometimes we forget to do that work. Um, it's the heavy lifting, it's putting our hands in the soil, it's doing the shadow work, it's embracing the pain and the suffering. Um, and not just looking to transcend this experience, but in our tradition, in our magical tradition, we teach in order to transcend, you must first descend. You must first become fully human and become fully animal, become fully part of this human experience in order to reach those higher planes. So, you know, we live in a, the perfect time to do this work because you can't escape it now. <laughs> so everywhere you look, it's there, you know, and... Um, so yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time to go from spiritual practice to spiritual work. And we're seeing a lot, a lot more of it. Um, a good example was Evolve Fest, which was, you know, it was big for a while. Uh, I think they finally removed the page, but there was a lot of transphobic rhetoric that was posted on that page. And no one was really calling them out, like in some of the communities that I was a part of. Um, but eventually enough people started to hold those voices accountable and eventually the page was actually removed. Um, so we have to. We have to call out injustice when we see it. I think it's not just our responsibility um, as spiritual 
communities and as leaders and, and thought provokers in these communities, but you know, it's our obligation as members of the human race <laughs> to call out uh, injustice when we see it. You know, that's where oneness really begins, is saying, you know, I hold myself accountable for my own privilege and the things within my life that need changing, but I'm also going to call out injustice where I see it, you know, in, cons in a constructive way so that we can facilitate change. Mm -hmm. um, Roman, uh, go, go ahead, Roman. I'll pass it oh, over. Okay. I was just going to wait to see if anyone else. Yeah. Um, after you. Okay, right. Ro Roman, then Dev, and then I may say something. Go ahead, Roman. Okay. I am I. If you want me to speak. Okay, well, we'll keep that in order then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I just completely agree with what you're saying. Like, people, I think people are getting too involved and go in, are going too far down the rabbit hole that they forget to pay attention to what the information in the rabbit hole is supposed to do for them. Kind of in a, in a way, like, you know, what you said about uh, what you learn in your own spirituality, which was uh, for your branches to reach up to the heavens, your roots have to reach down into hell. It's it's kind of that, uh, almost like an hypothesis. So, yeah, that's just what I wanted to say. Awesome. Yeah, it's true. I think we forget that the heavy, like, it, it can be all joy and, and stuff, but it's also going to be, there's going to be a lot of pain in this process. Like, love is messy. If you like, we've ever, if you've ever been in love, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a messy process. You know, relationships are messy. Um, you know, fumbling through sex is, is a messy process, <laughs> but, you know, you eventually work to get to the point where um, you have the connection. And, I think it's important to acknowledge those parts, and, and we're growing. Society is growing and changing, so we're just we're just witnessing part of the evolution. We can't ignore things anymore. We have to pay attention and be part of these processes. Yeah. Um, just before we pass it to Dev, I, I just kind of wanted to like give everyone sort of this thought because we've talked about it in the past um, broadcast, but but again, you know, for me, it, it's like going back to this mindset of just like at least looking at things with the question of asking what is the lesson so I mean again you know like with what's happening in the world right now you know like with like the oppression that's going on like with all this phobia stuff that's happening what is the lesson and, and I mean I'd be curious to, to hear um, Michael's thoughts on that I mean like even I mean you bring in politics if you want you know like what is the lesson in, in like all of these like riots and protests and, and, and all this division and stuff going on uh, but it's just something to sort of brainstorm about it like again you know look at society look at this physical world as if you were interpreting a dream and, and ask yourself, you know, like, what is the lesson? Like, what is this actually trying to show us? And, and what is it bringing out of us? Again, you know, it goes back to the idea that, like, within the darkness calls us to shine a brighter light. Um, for me, that's, that's, like, really why a, a lot of, like, this stuff happening in the world right now is just, like, it's, it, it's um, yeah, I, I don't think I have to say too much because I think even stuff that Dev was talking about in the last class about, you know, just, like, holding compassion uh, is something that could be relative to this. But, Dev, I'll pass it over to you for, for what you want to say. Yeah, absolutely. I also agree with you. Um, just some, a big kind of a spiritual discipline and just, you know, finishing on doing my own shadow work and actually embodying it, I realized that, the light shines brighter in the dark. And so when people lack that darkness, the, the dark driving force of energy is not to inflict harm, but it's to inspire action. And so when you bring that light consciousness into action, 
with the dark force, and I'm not I'm not saying evil force, but dark force, then you're you're able to kind of you're it's that's what breaks the ego down, and it's through the embodiment of the shadow, it's embracing the pain, it's it's learning from it, it's doing you know it's like what you said, it's the work, it's the action, and is it. I mean, like it's bringing out the force of love, and not just human love, but the actual, the actual energy of love that, you know, that the earth, like the earth holds. It's it, love itself is trying to always bring balance, and that's why, when people are just kind of, you know, of you might hear a lot of people just in a in a constant outrage, well, like why can't it just love? Like why can't it, why can't it just be at, at oneness and peace? And it's not to not to mock them or anything, but it's. People like I, I myself was one of those like I, I had my own shadow. I had my own groundedness. You know, my root chakra was just pulled out of the was just pulled out of the ground, and my head was in the air. Like, yeah, like space and whatnot. But it's when I grounded myself and faced my fears and the darkness and reconnected to who I was. I'm able to bring that light out into action and actually make it make a make a change in on different planes and whatnot. Right. So, yeah, really, really agree with what you said. Word, word. Um, Michael, did you want to just pass it back to you? But again, if anybody else wants to jump in, um, just feel free. And then we'll bounce around some more. I, I do want to uh, be able to pass it over to, to David, um, just in reference to, again, you know, just like going back to like, how are the ways that we can make a difference in this world? And, and sometimes, again, it goes back to those simple things. Because like, as much as it's just like, we can't fix the entire political system in one day, it's just like, but if we make like these like little shifts, in our social interactions, like by introducing new cultural memes, again, memes are like habits and ideas, memes of compassion and connection, those make a difference down the line. Like, you know, people always say with politics, be like, be like, vote for something that your grandchildren will be happy about. It's just like, in the same way, apply that same concept of how you're acting today. It's like, act today in a way that your grandchildren will be happy about. And again, like something like that could be something like doing free hugs. Or it could be uh, a million in other one ways. And again, I want to uh, 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 well, pass it over to uh, to David if he wants to do that in a, in a second. I just want to give a, it back over to Michael real quick. Um, Michael, going back to that, that idea, you know, with like a lot of like this stuff happening in the world these days, uh, like what is the lesson? Is, is that something you can sort of reflect on? Yeah. Like, do you, do you see the lesson coming out of this? Like for us as like soul and, and bigger conscious perspective kind of thing? Yeah, well, the biggest lesson is that we still have work to do. You know, I think sometimes we get really caught in the phenomena of spirituality. Like, it's great to lucid dream, and it's great to have these very powerful psychic things happen, and UFOs are phenomenal. Um, but I think, too, the, the magic really happens when I can sit down and look at how I can use my privilege um, to be an ally to those who may not have the same privilege, or to have those deeper discussions with myself about how racism shows up in my personal life, um, to notice where I'm holding anger or grief, and to do the work to process those deeper emotions. So we're noticing like what you're seeing in the macrocosm, this, this bigger picture thing that's happening, is that the world is like, it's inhaling and exhaling. You know, it's taking that deep breath in, that deep breath out. And in that process, things are shifting and changing. Systems are being challenged, and people who have power in those systems are being challenged. So we're no longer able to sit on the sidelines. We have to get into the fire with everybody else. So 
the lesson here really is to move into a place where our action is centered around love. So to embrace others in their struggle in the most loving way possible, meaning I'm not going to erase your pain, your anger, or your fear, but I am going to empathize with you, let you know that you are seen, heard, and do what I can to support you and your voice as you move forward. And those are ways that we are being called to serve now. You know, I think it's so important to, to do that work. And that's the real message here is when we unify in that way, when we unify in a way that is supportive, um, in a way that empowers empathy and vulnerability, it allows us to affect powerful change because that is how the systems get changed. You know, we're looking at, in politics for instance, we're looking at Hillary, we're looking at Trump uh, here in the United States, and we are focusing on the figureheads, but we're not realizing that it's the systems that allowed this corruption, this level of racism, this level of sexism, all the isms and phobias to get that far. You know, it's the systems that need to be dismantled. We can't, in this situation, cut the head off the snake. We have to start at the smallest parts of the body and work our way back up to the head. And that starts with ourselves. Like, this is the biggest, most powerful lesson in this, is to look at how we are supporting these systems. And we may not even know we're supporting these systems. This is why that honest, deep, introspective work that comes from true spiritual practice says, oh, wow, look, this is how I'm supporting racism. This is how I'm supporting transphobia. This is how I'm supporting X, Y, and Z. And then doing the work around dismantling that within myself. That's how spiritual activism actually works, you know, because it's, it's starting with myself and then moving it out into the world. Because I can't change it there until I change it here. You know, I have to start here. Um, so look at how this big stuff is impacting you personally because you are part of it. It, can't, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. If it's happening and you're witnessing it, you're part of it. So look at how it's impacting you on the microcosm. Look at how it's impacting your communities. Look at what you can do to bring effective communication to these bigger, more important discussions. You know, I think we're in a time where people really aren't listening to each other. Everyone's talking around each other or over each other, and we're not really listening to what this, each different side is saying. And until we do that deep listening work and that deep empathy and vulnerability work, um, you know, we're going to get more of the same. You know, this stuff isn't new. This stuff has all been around for a very long time. But thanks to social media, thanks to um, you know the news the way it is, thanks to the world the way it is, we can't we can't turn a blind eye to things anymore. You know, the minute you log on, it's like bam. You know, it's either Pokemon Go, you know, it's it's some like social justice issue, or it's right now, um, you know, that TV show you were talking about. <laughs> you know, it's like it's very specific things. You know, so you can't ignore the fact that stuff is happening. Um, but really, the lesson is, what are you doing within your life to affect change for yourself? And then, what, what can you do then to impact the world? Because really, those changes you make within yourself really do have a ripple effect. I mean, when you start addressing um, things like homophobia in your own life, 
you really then can bear witness to it in a much more productive way in spaces around you to support and ally yourself with those individuals who are in the struggle. So there you have it. You know, I think that's the lesson. That's the bigger lesson is noticing how you and your um, microcosm can affect change within the microcosm, the macrocosm, you know, so. Totally. Awesome, man. Yeah, and again, you know, like, the, like a lot of this discussion, um, it, it really goes back to this idea that, you know, when, when we do these hangouts, they're multifaceted, and you're right. Sometimes we get into the discussion of just things that are fun and consciousness expanding in terms of opening up to a bigger picture, but the key in all of this is to, like, not get too far outside of ourselves that we forget of what is happening right in front of us, which is the social issues, which is our neighbors, which is the lack that, you know, like there are, there's a lot of fear in this world. But again, like that calls us into action. Like, you know, it's something that even like Dev was talking about in the last one and, and just something I always love going back to. It really calls us into action of being social alchemists. So, I mean, you know, like spiritual activists and social alchemists to me is kind of like one in the same. And again, that social alchemist is someone who can like transform a situation. So, I mean, it's uh, it's, it's exciting to, to know that that power is already there. And, and it's through the practice and it's through the community support that a project like this helps encourage people to, to be able to step into that role. Because again, you know, even just the fact that we've like, promoting this and, and turning it into a real-world game. It's just like people are busy playing Pokemon as a real-world game, but but here we're promoting the idea of being like shifting consciousness as a real-world game. And how do you play? By like doing these things, by being compassionate, by being a social alchemist. And what are the rewards? The difference that you make in other people's lives. Those are the rewards, among other things, and among your own personal development. And you'll notice that by helping others, you too are in turn are helping yourself, and you and you develop this sense of confidence in your ability to know that that your actions make a difference. So then, when the time comes, and and you know, like uh, the reality around you is asking you to step in on a moment's notice, you'll have that confidence in being able to do that. And again, it could be something like free hugs. And we're seeing this, and, and I'm going to pass it over to David in a second. We're seeing this, you know, like the like the quote-unquote the free hugs guy, uh, the free hugs project on Facebook. Like that's like a really popular page right now, and 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 it's a guy who's been doing free hugs at a lot of like the rallies and a lot of the protests, and and he is like stepping into the middle of like the 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 hatred that is happening with the intention of dispelling it, and and it's working, and and he's documenting it, and it's a really powerful thing to know that. In that sense, like we're all the free hugs guy in in that way. So um, again, I, I, he's someone. Uh, his name's Ken. I want to be able to, to connect with him in the future and even be able to to interview him um, to, personally. Because again, you know, both of us are doing such similar things, and I think it's really awesome to just get the whole free hugs thing out there and inviting more people to do it. Again, you know, like that's such a simple but effective thing. So hack the matrix with love is what we always say. Um, I'm gonna pass it over to to David, and 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 David has a has has a very 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 cool story that he was sharing with me earlier about um, another form of social activism. So, so David, we'll pass it over to you. Yeah, thanks. Um, so um, what got me... Well, first, Michael, <laughs> thank you so much. I, I really resonate so much with, uh, with what you have to say and, uh, and appreciate you for saying that. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know Matt Kahn. Have you, have you guys run into him before? Uh, he uh, he got me started on on this uh, oh, 
think it got me started on, on, on thinking about, okay, so like how can I approach somebody and actually tell them that I love them without, you know, totally being off-putting or, you know, out of order or considered weird. And so I started to think about, okay, how can I do this? How can I, you know, how can I, how can I actually go up to somebody and tell them I love them without, you know, really putting them off? And so, um, so I put it, so it came to me how to do it. It's okay, so like, I'll just run, run, run you through like a typical scenario. Like I'm at the checkout counter <clears throat> wherever, or, you know, at Lowe's walking around talking with somebody who's helping me. And I'll ask them, uh, I'll say, can I ask you a question? And, and everybody says, yeah, sure. Has anybody told you today that you are loved and appreciated? That's, so that's, that's the main question. Well, it's interesting because people right away assume that I'm telling them that they're loved and appreciated. So even though I'm posing it as a question, a non-confrontative question, people get it, you know, that, I, that I'm really hmm, appreciating them. And so people might say, uh, oh yeah, my husband told me you know, that this morning. And I said, well, may I second that? <laughs> and everybody says, yeah, sure. And so I said, well, I love you, and I appreciate you. I, I mean, I realize that it takes a certain amount of effort to hold down the kind of job that you're doing here. I just want you to know that I appreciate that. And people just melt. And I, I, mean, I started doing this like a couple, not, no, about a little over a year ago. And from the very first time I did it, I, I got addicted because the response has been so amazing. It's, uh, people are just so ready to hear, ready to be acknowledged, right? And, and to be loved and appreciated. And um, so it's really been gratifying. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I almost do it for my own selfish reasons because I, because I get off so, so much on, on seeing the reaction that uh, that this has on people and on their lives. So, yeah, anytime I go into town doing any kind of transaction with anybody, I'll, I'll say, can I ask you a question? And everybody says yes. And you know, has anybody told you today that you're loved and appreciated? And again, yeah, it's like, great. I mean, across the board, everybody, I haven't had, I mean, I've done it hundreds of times. Nobody has, like, you know, gotten weird with me about that. And I think it's also because I'm, you know, I'm honest, I'm really sincere when I'm saying it. And uh, obviously it can't be a canned, anything canned, it has to come from the heart. And uh, so obviously that's part of it. But, um, you know, I wanted, I wanted to share that uh, with you guys and... Uh, and while I'm thinking about it, uh, free hugs, I wanted to share something about that. And maybe you guys already know this, but uh, if you've noticed, um, when you go up to somebody to hug them, or somebody comes up to, to you to hug you, almost invariably they come up on 
like they lean over this way to hug you, right? And so if you, okay, you, you can see me, okay? So like, okay, so like they, they come up and they lean to the left to hug me. Now, and this was pointed out to me by a, um, a kuhuna friend of mine in, in Kauai at, who said, no, don't lean to the left, lean to the right. Okay, so like if I lean to the right and you lean to the right when you're hugging me, our hearts come in closer connection with, with each other. I don't know if you've seen that or if, or if you've heard it before, um, but <laughs> when you see people hugging each other, just you know, just think about it. Okay, are they hugging on the left side or are they leaning left or are they leaning right? And again, almost invariably, people lean to the left. And I think it's, I think it's to avoid that heart contact. You know, to, you know, just people are just so, so used to staying dis, you know, psychically distant from each other that, that that just is a normal thing. And of course, the the heart is such um, I mean, the magnetic field of the heart now has been measured to be like thousands of times greater than the magnetic field of the brain. Right? And so. I think that magnetic field, when we walk up to somebody, we, we for sure subconsciously feel that. And that may be why people, you know, just not too sure of each other when they come to, when they come to each other, they, they sort of lean in such a way that the heart doesn't really fully connect. But I just wanted to share that, uh, share that with you guys too. Um, yeah, and then uh, work on, uh, what, there's so much craziness out there, and um, I always ask myself, what can I do? What can I do to help? And it always comes back to, well, the work that I'm doing on myself is what I can do. I for, I for sure can work on myself. And uh, so, uh, yeah. In the, during the course of the day, I'll, I'll you know, be having thoughts, and, and sometimes, you know, I won't be feeling really comfortable with myself. And I've, I've right now, sort of my my one of my practices is to just say I love you to myself, and use it like as a mantra, and. Uh, and I just keep that running and running. Or like if I wake up at the middle of the night, I might have had a bad dream or anything, sort of negative thoughts or whatever. I just I try to remember first of all to breathe because um, if I if I'm stressed about something, I'll I'll know I'll realize if I have any presence of mind, I'll realize that my breathing has shallowed, and so. Breath is like the first. Try to make that the first thing, and then uh, just go into like, you know, I, I love you, and just that, just that mantra is so powerful. And uh, anyway, a couple of odds and ends I, I wanted to share with you guys uh, tonight. That's awesome. Um, one thing I wanted to like just to add on top of that, just here in um, like Western world, we're a bit more identified with our minds and we're a bit more distant when it comes to kind of just sharing that connection with each other. We're not, we're not, um, the awareness of, um, of being and oneness is not on the forefront of our kind of society. It's more of a I, I am this, I work here, I do that, 
And when you're acting as a pillar of light, when you're going in and you're reminding people, it's like, hey, we're all connected, we're all love, we're all connected, we're all love. And literally being that beacon of light and spreading that around, just, I mean, I think a great step to solving a lot of the world's problems is unidentifying with the mind. And we've made that, we've made the mind our primary motive, it's our primary vehicle. Like as we grew up, let's just take ourselves back to kindergarten, we were aware that when I take one item and put it together, there was more together. But we were then kind of given, we were told within our mind, like, one, no, that's that's not what it is. It's one plus one equals two. And we go, okay, that's, that's really handy. The mind is such a great tool. But now it's come to the point where it's, we think we are the mind, and we now, we don't look at ourselves as, we're not being aware of our own being like the child is. We put that mind in the front. We go, I am a Devon, you know, I work here, I do this. And it's it's that forgetfulness of that awareness that we were born with of uh, being, just being. And, like, there is um, being aware of, you know, you can't know the whole universe, but you can almost be aware of the whole, you can be aware of all the forces of the universe. And the mind is just a tool to kind of understand it. And it's um, taking a step back from mind and re-entering that seat through connection. So through connecting with other people and with the earth and with the cosmos kind of brings us back into that state. So good on you. Like, yeah, I really like that story. And I think uh, Brandon disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I think you made some good points, David and Devin. I think, you know, I think it's hard. Love is hard. And yeah. I think, too, like, you know, saying I love you to yourself, it's something that I teach my clients to do. It's like you just place your hand on your heart and you feel that beating heart beneath your hand and you recognize how holy this is to be in this body right now. Because we're only in the body for, like, this amount of time, right? So we only get this amount of time to do all these wonderful, beautiful things that this world has to offer us. And I think pausing and just saying, I love you to yourself, like, every day, just for a moment, you know, because you may not be hearing it otherwise, you know, in ways that um, you might need, but we can always say, I love you to ourselves. And I think it starts there. I think that's where love, the love ripples begin, right? Just saying, I love you. It's like if you listen to the heartbeat, that pom 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 it's like, I love you, I love you. It's like the heart is constantly saying, I love you. And I think if we begin moving through the world as an act of love, um, it changes everything. You know, when we give hugs or blow kisses, right? We sing karaoke, when we do all these really powerful things with each other or for each other, it, it lets us break down those barriers of separation. It lets us build bridges of connection and we get to see each other. I think, you know, one of the biggest problems is like we're, we're not seeing each other. We're not hearing each other. We're talking around or above, which is why like these, these things that Brendan facilitates, like these different conversations through the week are great because we get to really see each other and like have these really fun, powerful, dynamic conversations about like all kinds of crazy stuff, right? <laughs> so it's like we get to we get to connect and to, you know, there's definitely a vibration that moves through these conversations. This this very strong sense of love and community because this is a very supportive and supported place to have these talks. I think Brendan's back now, so <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I think this whole idea of being seen is like yeah. really, really, really important. Really important, and, and that's one of the uh, one of the reasons I think this um, love and appreciation thing is so powerful. Is because people do at that point feel seen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a powerful seen. thing that you're doing. That thing that you're doing when you're stopping and telling someone, you know, God, like, you know, has anyone told you today how wonderful you are? You know, it's like one of my teachers when we were doing our intuition training. One of our part of our homework assignment was. Every time we would go out to a place where someone is being of service to us, like the gas station or the restaurant, like they're wearing these name tags for a reason. Like say their name. Like thanks, Julie. This was like the best meal I've had today, and thank you for really being wonderful at what you do. Exactly. And, and yeah, I'll look for that tag. I'll look for that name tag, or if I don't see a name tag, I'll say, "May I ask what your name is?" You know, yeah. and everybody says what the name. Is. Love to say what your name is, right? And uh, well, well, Julia, I want you to know that I, I really love you and I really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, that name and saying the name is is a big part of being seen, of seeing somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for thanks for holding space, guys. My internet was loving itself too hard there, so. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, I actually I had a I had something I wanted to say going going back to um, David that when you were talking about like the different ways of hugging and everything and and I think that's a great point and um, I almost like feel like there needs to be like a little tutorial video on that for the internet of just like how to hug like in in a more heartfelt way and and I and I remember when someone told me that and I was just like oh my god yeah it does make a difference and and it's interesting because like a lot of people they just like naturally go to the right but like when you go to the left it, it takes practice but like once you sort of get into it, it it's actually like you can almost like sink into it deeper uh, I find um, and one of the things that I just going to the right going to the right not the left going to the like going to the right is like the traditional way going to the left is like the heart to heart way well, maybe, is that... maybe, I, maybe I can't visualize it yeah 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 like your your head goes to their right shoulder you go to the left, and then, yeah, the the opposite of the way people would normally do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one one of the things I was going to say, just expanding on like the different ways to hug, um, and I would encourage people to to try this with a partner. Um, but if there's like a friend, they could always like ask them about this, or if it's like in a proper circumstance, they could always like uh, surprise someone with this, and I'll explain what it is in a second. Um, but basically, it's something that I started doing at the uh, a, a, a not. Yeah, not within the last year at one of the festivals I was at, um, and it, it was a conscious festival, so like the hugs were like really already like very heartfelt to begin with, and it was quite common for you to hug a stranger, but to be, like hug them for a while, um, just because people were already at that level of just like connection and openness and comfort comfortability. But what what I would do is this idea of like bringing a, a mantra and a sound vibration into the hug. So you would hug them, and then you would literally, you know, you have your chest on their chest, and then I would just, like, bring in, like, a simple mantra, just kind of, like, humming. So it would just be, like, a... And it would just be that, but then they would they would feel that. And then, so, I mean, like, if they weren't expecting it, they would just be, be like, oh, and it just sort of, like, hits them. And then I started expanding upon it as I started doing it more at the festival, and I would actually turn it into, like, a little bit of a song. So I would just do, like, a few notes, or it would just be, like, hugging them, and I would just be like... 
Like, I would literally just make up... A, it would just be a variation oh, of a few beautiful. tones. That's beautiful. And, and yeah, I so I mean... What's that? It's like when you were a baby and you, your mother is yes. a lullaby. Yes, totally, totally. That's exactly what it is. And that's funny because I've never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. And so, I mean, uh, that that as an idea is something that I invite people to try doing with a partner, especially if they have never done it before. So, I mean, this is something, you know, like, David, you could pass on pass on to Sandy if, you, if you'd like. And, and again, you know, like... So what you can do is, is with two people, if they're both aware of what's going on, like you literally practice humming or doing a mantra together in that moment, and it just like it adds another dimension to the hug. And and it's so funny because like it's just something that like I, I feel is just like this like this 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 ability that many people have right in front of them that they haven't like accessed yet in terms of hugging so I mean you know there, there's a million and one different ways to hug and some people will do the hug where it's more just sort of like it, it's like a, an act of, of, a, of a gesture you know it'll just kind of be like a quick hug and it'll be more symbolic but it won't really be like a real hug but then like when you really get into the hug hug like you realize that the hug is actually a way to facilitate uh, very real and very deep healing, you know? Like it's very common for someone to be in that space of hugging. And then even, again, with the sound vibration or otherwise, like it can be a place for them to be able to let go and to be able to open up, which is why, you know, like when people are in a place and they're going through something, they're going through grief, that's why a hug can make such a good difference because, again, it brings them into that, that safe space. And there's also like this like underlying, like, "Quote unquote magic happens that that just allows like that openness to 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 take part and you know like just hugs are such a such a beautiful thing and such a magical thing and and they really are changing the world and and you know it's it's beautiful but yeah if anybody else has anything to talk about um, hugs or even different ideas of ways to hug um, if anybody has like additional techniques hug techniques that they might want to share please feel free to do that so. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I think it's amazing that hugs are becoming a more common thing. So yeah, does anybody anybody want to share any or maybe There's like a, a video or something like, like Buddhists like giving practicing giving hugs like the Tibetan monks and stuff like that. Like I think that they incorporate hugging into their whole kind of regime. Like these are monks that are like drying wet cloths with their body heat and, you know, through slowing down their metabolism and, like, speeding up their, slowing down their heart rate. And they have all these things that they've done with meditation. And for them to kind of include hugging says a lot. It's to kind of, it's, 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 a, uh, it's an art form and it's, it's in its own kind of sense. And so, it's, yeah, really impactful. Like I was saying, like, this is like, you know, after 10 seconds of hugging, like, uh, Oxycontin and, like, dopamine gets released and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, even uh, Sabrina's even saying in the chat, you know, like going back to the humming thing, how how it's even like purring of a cat, and, and so again, you know, you get into this idea of like the vibrations actually make make such a difference. So, yeah, um, if anybody wants to, Sabrina, go ahead. Um, I just want. Oh, I totally lost my train of thought because <laughs> I was listening to what you were saying. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like totally, I totally look at it as like purring and and what we what were we saying here um oh back to the hugging part i watched this one video and it's of these two really young baby chimps and it looked like you know they hadn't seen each other for a long time or whatever they were on leashes and they 
ran to each other and you could just see and feel these chimps and the way they're hugging each other and they're hugging each other so tightly you know you could just see the love between you know these chimpanzees and you know even though they are an animal they're extremely intelligent beings and they still can show love towards each other and that's like something that always reminds me like that's how good a hug feels is what I'm seeing between these two creatures you know and that's my little two cents there that's a that's a great point when when we notice animals hugging. I feel like that's beautiful. And, and I'll just say this real quick. So I, uh, I'll pass it over to David. But yeah, like I've seen videos of like you know like a lion and, and like the female and the male lion like sort of they they do that like face to face nuzzle thing, which is like such a that's that's like their form of a hug. Then I've even seen like legitimately like lions like come up and like hug humans and everything. So I mean like hugging is this universal. It's like a very, you know, it's that magnetic thing. It's it's the the heart in itself has like a gravitational pull, a gravitational field, and I feel like that in itself is always governing us, and that's why we're always like longing for that physical connection. And 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 hugs are just like one way to be able to like express that, um, definitely. So yeah, it's important for us to be able to express our gratitude. For someone, and, and I feel like that's maybe something that that people don't get enough chance to do. You know, if there's like someone who they really care about, but say they don't get a chance to hug them, that could be like a very um, interesting thing with within their life within their lifestyle. You know, I'm just even thinking like, I ju I just feel like you know like maybe. I mean, I, I, like this is just from personal experience, but like my my dad, like I don't I don't hug him often. Uh, you know, he's just like as an example for me personally, and and I and I kind of wish like I, I would like hug him more, or at least like maybe I'll I'll, I'll like just like even mention that to him someday, because like even I was just thinking like um, going back to like when my dog Shelby passed away on my birthday, and like and I like hugged him then, like even in the moment of being sad about my dog, like I hugged my dad in a way that I hadn't hugged him in years. And and like and I knew that like that was like a chance for me to do it. Um, but I'm just reflecting on my own on my own thought process of just like, you know, why hugs are such an important thing and and to and to like, it, it, be conscious of like make sure that um, make sure that uh, there there are people in our life who who if who if there are people in our life who we who we may subconsciously be neglecting hugs from just be aware of that you know maybe, maybe there's someone who you haven't hugged in a while that that would really appreciate a hug you know like maybe like a grandparent or or something like that um yeah no and it's just sort of thoughts running through my head but yeah david did you want to jump in with something go ahead yeah just just uh, a follow-up uh, um that it's interesting that uh, a number of people once we've sort of gone through this process of you know love me, me uh, asking them if they've been loved and appreciated They'll just say from like behind the counter. They'll say, "Can I hug you?" <laughs> so it's like it is like they initiate the hug in in a way, right? And and that's even more powerful. Right? It's, wow. Almost, I mean, so many people say, "Well, after I, you know, after we've shared, you know, the love and appreciation part of it, you know, they they say, you know, man, you you really made my day." You, you know, I needed to hear that, and uh, but yeah, so some people say, you know, "Can I hug you?" <laughs> and how cool is that? It's, it's, it's really cool. 
<laughs> definitely, definitely. And again, you know, like, um, I'll, I'll just say this, and you know, we can bounce around the free hug thing for a little bit more, just hugs in general, and then we'll uh, see what other topics want to open up. And, and I do still want to talk about Stranger Things, so we'll segue... We'll segue from hugs into that needlessly. It will happen, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, um, basically, um, just as a little like uh, recent report, recent update on some of the shiftivism that that I've had experience within the last week. Uh, one of the videos that I'm going to be working on is a video that I filmed during the Pride Parade here in London. And so uh, the video in itself is like an, a collection of interviews that I do with people asking them what pride means to them. And then there's like footage of the parade. And then within the parade, naturally, we, we were doing like free hugs during part of it. So like we were spectators of the parade. So people were coming through the parade, you know, all the all these participants. It was a huge parade. And then we were just standing there with free hug signs. And, and there were like friends who I just coincidentally ran into. So I just like handed out like a bunch of free hug signs. And then there were like quite a few other people who were just like, do you have extra signs, you know? And we're just like, yeah, totally, I always bring extra. So handing out the extra hug signs. And there was at least, like, seven or eight or nine of us who were, who were doing free hugs kind of within, like, this, like, 50-meter stretch of, of, of road along the side. And, um, yeah, like, it was really exciting just to see, like, in that environment, like, hugs were such... Were, were such like a, a, a welcomed and abundant thing because like obviously like with the pride parade like there is just like that high energy that celebration and it really was like there was like so many hugs it, it was really really beautiful to just be to be in that space and and I actually like after a while like I had to take a break because I was just like I was just like oh my god like this is like you know the, the, there's a lot of energy that kind of goes through you when you're doing that so it's okay to like sit down but again just going back to the core concept of the pre hugs and again encouraging and inviting people to do free hugs where they are, what I've found is that what works best is when you really, like, stand in a place, um, it, whether, I mean, you can move around, but if you're standing in one place, or at least just making yourself visible, it's the idea that your your sign, the free hug sign, is an invitation for people to come to you, and that's the beauty of what makes it work. You know, it, it's this very passive thing yet it's also very active because like you're you're making yourself known you're you're making a statement just by being there yet it's the invitation for people to interact with you that makes it happen so you don't have to go chase anyone for hugs you don't have to go tell anyone about how love is the answer and how you're trying to change the world like you you stand there and be as silent as you want and then it's just like people seeing that come to you and that's the idea is that even people who walk past you they're still part of it. They're still part of the experience, even just by seeing you. you know, they're still like downloading the fact that this is happening, and, and, and maybe next time they'll give you a hug. And, and again, you know, these are things I've already mentioned before, but it's worth re mentioning again. So, I mean, just encouraging people to try doing free hugs where they are. You know, stand at a street corner, be there for even just like commit to being there for just half an hour, and maybe you'll get like four hugs, maybe you'll get 50 hugs. Like, it, it really it is going to be, like, up in the air sometimes, but I guarantee you, like, each time you do a hug, it will make a difference. And, and again, like, the exciting thing, and I talked about this in one of the previous team building hangouts, is yeah, that, like, when you do a free hug, like, it creates this ripple effect that goes beyond your immediate awareness, and then maybe the person that you hugged will be inspired to do free hugs somewhere else and, and then sort of, sort of continues. So, I mean, the free hugs thing is this idea that's just like arising through culture and, and I feel like it's it's happening because it's sort of consciousness's answer to, to be able to like actively 
actively be love, actively like bring people together, actively alchemize fear in, into you know more compassion and everything, and and it's just like it's such a beautiful thing. So you know, again, just encouraging people to to do that and uh, to be able to take form in that you know to be able to engage in that form of social alchemy, shiftivism, spiritual activism, whatever you want to call it. It's a it's all important and it's um. Again, activating that real-world superpower of the heart. Like, that's the other thing, you know, I could always go back into. It's just, like, free hugs is, like, a real-world superpower. And and when you always have a free hug sign in your bag, like, you can whip that out anywhere, you know? It's just, like, like literally, there could be, like, some crazy stuff going on. You're just, like, all right, like, free hugs into action, you know? And just, like, pull it out and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, you can just casually have it with you when you're, like, waiting at a bus stop. So... It's it's uh, honestly like for anybody doing that like you can download free hug signs off the main website under the tools there's shift tools and you can download some of the PDFs that we have that are easy to print but again you know like as a shifter uh, a shifter someone who's actively helping shift consciousness as part of this real world game I invite and encourage <clears throat> excuse me I invite and encourage anyone listening to this to get into the habit of always keeping free hug signs in their backpack with them. Like it's just, I've, it's something I've been doing for years, and and it's something other people want to do and feel free. Dev, go ahead. I'm gonna get a shirt that says like with the big H in the middle. So like after I get off from work, I just rip it off, and it's like I am hug man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. Well, we do have um, I do have like a really sweet shirt, a free hug shirt that has like the Siriantra mandala in the middle. I I can show you that on the broadcast, and I do actually. Stay tuned because I'm gonna I'm gonna like be promoting that soon because I want to be able to get that out to people in the community. But it actually does kind of look like a superhero shirt as well that says "Free Hugs." So yeah, I'll, I'll show you that too, guys. Um, but again, let's um, let's let's bounce around with some more ideas. Does anybody else want to talk about? Um, it looks like Jack. Welcome, welcome to the game. Did you want Did you want to jump in on the power of the free hugs thing? If you had something yeah, to say, I mean, go ahead. If If you look at if you look. Sorry, I was just gonna say if you can just check your microphone just before you get started. I'm gonna boost you in the back end too. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I got a new mic here, seeing if it's uh, working okay. It seems to be a little bit low, but... Okay, I brought it up a bit for you. Okay, okay go ahead. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I look at this from a level as an indigo of consciousness. You know, people don't realize that the Earth has an electromagnetic field, okay? And you can look at this from the aurora borealis, and you can see this as a northern light, but people as humans do not realize that we have the same electromagnetic field within our own selves that's, that's actually able to connect with other people. So when you're giving free hugs and you're sharing the core of your soul and your heart. You're actually being a portal for divine light to come into this world and spread from person to person. It's almost like instead of transmitting a disease, we're transmitting what's going to ease. Yeah, I love it, man. And and again, you know, like the idea that... I, I even had a video like called this once, but it was the idea that like, um, like love is viral. You know, in the same way a disease is viral, like, love is viral, and, and that's what happens. Like, you can, like, seriously, guys, like, you guys can do this, because I've done it, like, a bunch of times where I am. If you have a bunch of free hug signs, you start by yourself doing free hugs, and then you just start handing out free hug signs, and next thing you know, you just got, like, a whole crowd of people doing free hugs, and you'll see it happen. It's amazing. Um, okay, so I just wanted to show you guys, so this is Dev uh, in particular, so this is this is the free hugs shirt that we got. So you can see it's got, like, the Siriantra Mandela in the middle. Um, stay tuned, because because I, I just have to relaunch the campaign for it, but for the people who are interested, it's going to be up on Teespring at teespring.com, free love hugs. Um, I'm going to restart that campaign very soon, and uh, people will be able to order those. 
as well. So, um, oh, it looks like uh, oh, it looks like Michael Brazel just dropped out, but uh, he says good night and, and much love. And for people looking to connect with Michael Brazel, uh, check out him at facebook.com forward slash mbrazel b r a z e l l, and uh, also at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Brazel. And uh, he's going to be starting his uh, radio show again soon, which is really cool. And Michael's been around since the beginning of of uh, Paradigm Shift Radio since we've been doing the live broadcast, so it's always a pleasure to reconnect with him. So, cool guys. Um, okay, let's. Uh, does anybody, does anybody, like, I mean, again, like honestly, we could keep talking about the free hugs thing and just like the power of it, but but it's such a cool concept. But if anybody else wants to jump in with that, and otherwise, we can just bounce around with some more topics as well. Um, maybe not. Does uh, Dev, have you ever done free hugs? Um, I've never done, I've never gone out and just, like, gone on the street and, you know, just, like, dedicated, like, an hour to free hugs, but I've just kind of, like, when it's, like, when it's, like, called for, like, when I, when I see a person and it's just, like, I know that person's sad, I, I feel it, I just know that person's sad, and you just kind of, it's, like, an empathetic, empathetic call, and you, just, you walk over and you're just, like, hey, you, like, I love you, cheer up, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna give you a big hug, and, like, and, like, it literally walks the road, or even just, like, a wave. Like I'm, I'm driving, I'm on a stop, I'm on a stoplight, and I see a bus, and this person just looking out the window, and I know that look. It's that kind of like, who am I? Like, what do I want to be? Like, I don't know what I'm, like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's, it was that look. She, she was looking out the window of the bus, I, and I turn over in the car, and it's like, this crack a huge smile, and it's like, it's like, are you, are you smiling at me? And it's like, yes. And then you know, the light turns green. And it's just like moments like those that I. That I really like to look out for and stuff like that, but no, but I'm I'm gonna I think I'm gonna rock the t-shirt and just kind of go out and kind of like three hugs, but yeah. I feel like I feel like dude, I can totally see you doing and doing free hugs, t-shirt or otherwise. So yeah, man, like rock it. Like I encourage you. I mean, like like Jack was saying, like do it, just do it, just do free hugs, guys. Like seriously, like it's practice doing free hugs now for, for like the future that, that is still coming and and it's funny because like even when kids when kids like do free hugs like it's funny because I've seen that like at a festival um, I like left a bunch of free hug signs just like sitting at the side of the path and knowing that people would grab them and then eventually one of my friends told me later that they saw like a group of like three kids running around doing free hugs so it was like a bunch of adults walked past it but then it was like the kids who grabbed the free hug signs and they were just like yeah let's do this so it's just like you know it's funny that that the kids are so eager to do this and and they know so I think I think we know too it's just a matter of uh, choosing to step into that and again like sometimes with the free hug signs there there is a during the free hugs mission, you know, literally thinking of it as like a love mission, sometimes um, there is like this like nervousness that we get into, and and I've felt this before. But sometimes it's like jumping out of an airplane, and you, and you just got to do it, you know, you just got to do it, and you just like step into it, and and it's like such a it can be like such a passive and such a casual thing, and and um, yeah, just encourage people to do that. And, uh, yeah, and again, you know, like, for, for people just, uh, I'll, I'll say it now just while we're still talking about the free hugs, but again, you know, like, within this project, one of the ways that we sort of help gamify things for people is uh, by providing people with the paradigm shift buttons, the shift buttons as we call them. And so, again, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll mention these uh, just now so people are aware. So these are the two and a quarter inch buttons that we have, and these got all the, the like, the paradigm shifting imagery on them related to metaphysics, related to sacred geometry, related to esoteric images, and each one, like, has the website on it. So, I mean, you can wear these, 
and you can give them to people when you do free hugs. So every time that you give a free hug to a person, you can give them a button, and then what that does is that as a part of the game, it connects them to the website, which connects them to the entire community. So in the same way, again, people are out there like catching Pokemon, our game is to like go do free hugs and to give people shift buttons which connects them to the team which grows the entire team like so it's like using instead of pokeballs we got shift buttons and we just like toss them around and, and leave them places and give them to people and again if people want those they can get them by signing up for the team patreon and that's patreon.com forward slash brendan culleton and uh, right now I'll just mention this because we're going to mention it at some point in the show anyways uh, we're working towards our monthly goal of 700 and we are almost there we are just under 700. We're at about 685. And again, when people sign up for that, they get as many shift buttons as they ask for, as well as additional cool things, including the uh, Love One massage tools, which are the crystal massage tools that they can use for self-healing. And uh, these like bad boys are like amazing for being able to massage and being able to use for shared massage. And when you sign up for more than three dollars, that's when you get these as well as the crystal wraps. And so like that's part of the way to be able to help support the ongoing broadcast that we have through the through the project and through the evolution. And once we get up to one thousand within the team crowdfunding, we'll have like a community resource pool where people can just like order the shift buttons like instantaneously without having to actually pay for them because they'll already be provided through the team crowdfunding. So. So that'll be a really cool way. So like that's part of how this game is evolving is by like getting people as many shift buttons as we can because literally the shift buttons are like super effective ways to help unplug people from the matrix. They they turn hugs into hugs 2.0 and outside of just using them as hugs, you can just give them to people as gifts. You can give them to people that like you know as friends within your paradigm shift community to help build your shift community and even just leaving them in random places. I like leaving them on bus seats and you just let people find them and let synchronicity take over. So again, like someone finds a website, they go to the website, they connect with the project, they find out about the broadcast, they find out about all the movies and everything and lots of exciting stuff. So that's uh, that's how we're hacking the matrix and that's what makes this project a little bit different and a even more exciting. So again, if people want that, they can go to patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton or just go to anywhere on the main Paradigm Shift Central website and scroll down to the bottom and you will see the link to the monthly support squad, which is the Patreon, or you can go to paradigmshiftcentral.com forward slash donate, and it's also linked into the info for this YouTube video as well, so it's pretty easy to find, and uh, again, if you can sign up for $3 a month or more, it is incredibly appreciated, and it also gives you access to the three-hour version of my 5-gram sacred mushroom video, which some people are uh, like eager to see and interested to check out, and... I'll mention this now because this is like the first that I've actually mentioned this. Um, I'm going to have another secret video that I'm going to be releasing through the team Patreon and it's actually going to be like similar to the Sacred Mushroom video. It's actually going to be like raw footage um, from, from and after my uh, first LSD experience. So again, you know, I, I sort of keep these hidden just because we're, we're culturally, we're not really there at this point. Plus, I want to make sure that the people who are signing up for them are, are sort of giving this extra energy exchange so that they can really value the, the videos even a little bit more. So again, huge shout out to everyone for, for signing up for that and for making this project possible. And we're, like I said, we're almost at 700 for the month, and that's our team goal. And then next month, it will be 800, and then it keeps going up, and that's what helps this project keep evolving. So much love and huge shout out to everyone already signed up. It's uh, really exciting to see this project continuing to evolve. And like I said, free shift buttons for everyone. That's the goal. So <laughs> making it possible. 
Cool, guys. Um, okay, so let's keep bouncing around with some more ideas. Uh, is there anything that you guys want to talk about related to like the free hug, social alchemy type stuff, or do we want to talk a little bit about like Stranger Things, MK Ultra, psychic abilities, and parallel dimensions, or anything else that you guys want to talk about? You guys tell me. And um, I will say we'll aim to wrap this broadcast up maybe around 1 a.m. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, just uh, creating space for anybody else who wants to jump in to help uh, either ask a question for the group or to just sort of put forth an idea into the circle. So if anybody... Roman, go ahead. Okay, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to get into the um, Stranger Things type of subject or if I should... Uh, I can talk about my recent quest journal or something. I don't know. Well, uh, tell let's do that. Let's let's talk about your your recent quest journal because because I'm curious as to if you even just want to give us like a little bit of a summary from the from the first one and just kind of like what your intentions were with it. And again, you know, for people entirely new to the project, through the main website we have the platform to create quest journals and conscious articles, and these are a place for people to practice creating conscious media, which is a part of the game to be able to be ambassadors for ideas and to help lead by example and to give people a platform to practice creating their arts and expressing themselves. So one of the things that Roman did, he made an article uh, talking about like psychology and conscious awakening. So um, yeah, let, let, let's, let's go into that topic and then we'll, we'll get into the Stranger Things and, and anything else uh, a little bit later. And again, Stranger Things is a new show that people are really talking about right now. But uh, Roman, go ahead. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your new quest journal and just, uh, again, part of the intention behind creating it for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, just to summarize my first one really quick, I, I had the intention of making it. So, like, I don't have this fear, but I have this idea that a lot of people uh, get this information, but uh, they're not understanding it definitively or understanding why it's there. I mean, because a lot of what occult teaching is, is it's just really ancient psychology. And um, psychology being, you know, thoughts, emotions, actions, uh, the whole thing with thought process and um, psyche and behavior and everything. It all has to, it all ties into, if not, it's the origin of any and all action. So um, I'm starting off very basic. I don't know how many parts it'll turn into, but I just wrote the second one. Um, today, the last, the the original article, it, it's called Psychology and How It Relates to Conscious Awakening and Understanding Wisdom. Uh, the title might shorten or, or alter a little bit, but the numbers will tally up and remain the same. Uh, but the first one, I kind of just simply introduced uh, the idea of what I'm doing. You guys can find it on my profile or on the website somewhere. I could link it in the group chat if you want. But it's, uh, it's relatively short. I introduce a concept called um, solipsism, which I also talk about in the second one, but what solipsism is, um, right here. Uh, solipsism is the ideology that one's own mind is sure to exist, contending that anything outside their own mind is unsure. Hence, there is no such thing as objective truth, and nothing of the external world can be known. Which of course is the is a fallacy of a diseased mind. It's it's quite common and known under many different names, uh, specifically ego or uh, selfishness or just really like just. I mean, solipsism comes from uh, two root words, solus, meaning self, and 
oh no, ips means self, solus means alone. So alone, self, eh, communed in one word. So what I try to project with that word and that definition is the idea that uh, people are still in a mental cage even though they're knowing certain information and the not the origins definitively of what solipsism is or where it comes from, but I give a general basis as to like where it might concede from and um, how an understanding of natural law that's what I did in this article was uh, introduce natural law and how it can help people get out of uh, a type of solipsistic egoic uh, mindset you know where people condone I am the only person in the universe whose perception matters I am the truth I am God essentially is what it really means um, there's of course like soft core solipsism where it's just very light and they don't even know that they're solipsists they just kind of go about this attitude where you know it's just about them and they're not really caring about anything else outside of themselves because they've never they've never been introduced to like it's almost like they're not appreciating the the largeness of themselves and the whole world and the situations that they're in and everyone and everything around them just exists as kind of like this show, this experience. And that's what I get into uh, in the second articles. The first one, I introduced it. In the second one, I really kind of I talk, talk all about it. And then I talk about uh, two other things. You can go ahead and read it. Not two separate things, but how they two other behaviors and how they tie in. So, yeah, I'm going to keep working my way and make the third, the fourth, probably maybe working towards once a week or once every week and a half or so just to keep people updated. I, last I looked, I had 400 pings or uh, 400 people had seen the article, which was it's really neat to get that kind of information out there. I really need to present it in a more professional way if that's the case. But it gets me really excited to present the information in a very um, definitive and uh, well thought out way like that instead of kind of just throwing words at people and expecting them to understand what they mean or throwing ideas at them and uh, how psychology I introduced psychology because I think once you understand psychology then you can I can further introduce all of the uh, the occult the spiritual the historical and the philosophical teachings that have that I'm still learning but I can uh, share with other people to help them grow as well, just as I am. Awesome, man! Right on. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to to seeing like more of just like how uh, your your ability to present this information continues to evolve. And and like you said, yeah, like I'm just on the first article now on the website. And again, for people like on Paradigm Shift Central, you can go to under the quest journals up at the tab up at the top or on the right side of the page if you're on one of the main website aspects and uh, yeah so it's called psychology and how it relates to the conscious awakening and understanding wisdom and yeah like right now it's got like 425 uh, unique page views which is again super awesome man and um, yeah like uh, again I I just want to open this up if anybody else has any uh, thoughts on anything related to what Roman was talking about Um, like it's interesting because I mean like I think psychology is like it's not it's not something that I've like pers- I mean I, I guess 
psychology, like what isn't psychology in, in a lot of ways, um, but it's not something that I've like directly studied under the topic of psychology. So I mean, it's good to be able to have other people bringing in like a bit of that school of thought into the discussion, and like you said, how it relates to spirituality and stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, even uh, Michael Tesserion introduces right, how yeah. works like Freud and Carl Jung's works can completely tie in with uh, all of the crazy stuff that we all might get into. So it's really, yeah, I like how it ties in like that. Like psychology isn't this boring brown textbook study of like, oh, this is the brain and that's how it works. It's, it's, it's a lot. It, it goes deeper than that, and I'm glad that I understand that. Um, spiritual and occult teachings match up perfectly with how the psyche works and operates. Yeah, like, did you, when, when you were sort of getting into some of the spiritual stuff, like, were you coming into it from the sort of psychology side to begin with? Oh, no. Psychology is actually something pretty uh, relatively new to me, but I know how important it is as soon as I introduce, uh, like, solipsism as kind of a very introductory thing, and then I move into uh, something like natural law, and then I go further into that and boom I can explore uh, like a stepwise progression I can explore each and every subject uh, with natural law and understanding psychology as everyone's basis and I think that's a neat way to go about it word yeah um, Dev go ahead Actually, uh, I had a couple of astral projections that were really interesting, and uh, there's these sentient beings, and they're teaching me about this kind of the the very the very base level of psychology and the very the very natural fundamentals of just like the universe and whatnot. And um, it's it's a bit harder to put it into words because when you're on the astral plane, you're not really using words. It's just kind of knowledge, just straight, just like like hitting, going straight into your head. And it kind of, um, the sentient being and um, the ayahuascan spirit, she kind of showed me the, um, the way that humans used words to categorize um, good and bad, and that there was just kind of this, um, the, the way it's down, that it was just kind of like all this raw consciousness, and that the, the, the curse and the, and the gift of words and being able to categorize things is that we as humans are able to kind of walk ourselves learn about the oneself and the ego is kind of just like a platform to rediscover who we are but it's just kind of it's been kind of obscured by the mind and whatnot and so because the ego is in a rush to be one and that's why that's I mean that's why I believe that someone with a heavy ego is just very eager to kind of um, take something in and call it case closed like this is all, this is the universe, this is all that is, there I win, I'm, I'm at oneness, and not knowing that oneness is the infinite, there's no, there's no end to learning and growing in awareness, but it's that fear of, fear of ego death, I guess, I feel that, I believe, that it's what's stopping people from finally getting in, in touch with them, with their true selves, and actually expanding, so yeah, that was a really interesting point. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you, Dev. And then uh, it really brings up uh, two things I've recently heard about. Um, in psychology, I did recently learn that uh, we figured that ancient humans, well, as far as you feel that needs to go, it's just the idea of the ancient humans, humanoids, uh, cavemen all the way up to, let's say, 500 BC or so, just Greco-Roman type era. Right. And... Uh, 
even very, very old cult teachings, even in tarot, uh, it's easy to see that there was this, there was something taught and it wasn't that. People, people's memories aren't kept in words, they're kept in images. And what you were saying about uh, communicating on the astral plane, they're not talking to you in this very redundant English language or so or uh, something like that. They're communicating to you in images and concepts, like uh, they're firing neurons in your brain that can't be expressed in just basic speech. They're, right. uh, like you'll, you'll hear stories that just rule crazy. I mean, I heard once about like, you know, 10th or 12th, so dimension this and that, and that they just communicate their thoughts straight to each other without having to speak at all. And, you know, that's an interesting concept. I think it's, that's something really to uh, get into and be interested about. But uh, basically, I also wanted to touch upon uh, the other thing with, yeah, uh, people can, uh, it was, it's known and it's evidential that people, memories are contained in images rather than words. <clears throat> what were you saying earlier? What were the two things about you talked about? Mother Ayahuasca. Like information going directly into the brain or? Yeah. And then what'd you say after that? Um, using ego as a platform to yes. learn of oneself. Okay. Yeah, that too. I forget my points very easily, short term. Uh, ego, too. Uh, ego simply is just a word for I. And you'll learn in psychology that I and me are separate things that need to be interpreted by yourself correctly. It's very, it's very confusing, but you just got to get a grasp on it for yourself. It's pretty hard to tell someone else about. But what you learn is you're not going to – you don't need to completely drown out your ego because the ego is a part of you. It's a part of yourself. You just need to, uh, kind of like in Tai Chi, you don't let your chakra, you don't let your chi control you. You have power. Uh, power is not control. You can have all this chakra and chi that you want, but unless you, your mind has that under control, under you have your own chi under your own influence, and it's not making you do things. Kind of like how people tell other people, uh, you know, don't act on your emotions. You have to think, feel, and then react. And that's kind of the trip in the psychological consciousness part of the mind is thoughts, emotions, actions. But through a lot of psyche poisoning, as uh, you could put it, people are kind of doing emotion action, thought action. They're not completing the, uh, the triune aspect of the mind itself. So, yeah, I wanted to uh, just introduce that. And if anyone else felt that way, yeah. that people talk about breaking down the ego... Absolutely. And all of that, but it's important not to, like, if you completely diminish the ego, then, you know, who are you and what do you like and what are your hobbies? So what you do is you don't let the ego take over. You just sustain it under control and utilize it for what it is rather than have that uh, have that fermented selfish intent go ahead and uh, pave the whole road of your life because mm -hmm. you're supposed to have it. Um, everything is supposed to be balanced, of course, as we all learn. Yeah. It's just, sorry, go ahead. It's okay. I just, before I lose my train of thought, um, about the tarot cards, I think they have a very, um, the form that I do for my Celtic fairies, I do the, the Celtic cross. So it's, it's a really good form for people to, I guess, uh, learn a structure in, in looking at things. Because with the Celtic um, cross, you have the your first card in the middle is your immediate concern, right? Then we put the bottom card, and that is the root of that 
up above card, right? So there's a yeah. root problem going on, and then we go to our left, right? We got the past, and then we have the above card, your action required, and then we have the future. And it all, it's beautiful when the pictures just come together and you see like, the synchronicity happen right in front of you and you're the only one experiencing it and you wish you could share that with the world and them see it the way you're seeing it right as you're laying them down. Right. And I think it's a really beautiful and easy way if your mind is able to process it in that way. Like like you were saying again um, about you know people only having their mind set on one specific aspect of their thinking you know they're they're not thinking about the whole picture and that's I think the tarot cards and oracle cards have a great training of the mind and kind of ego as well uh, when you're doing them and that was my two cents <laughs> <laughs> ten cents you know yeah I, com I confer with what you're saying I mean every major researcher I'm I've studied uh, not with or under but just have studied uh, all recommend tarot and understanding what it really is. It's not this, uh, you know, crazy cycle babble fortune teller stuff. It, there's the the tarot is uh, the Bible comes from the Torah. The Torah comes from the tarot. The tarot is the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. The tarot is the Book of Life. The tarot is the Book of Truth. It's it all kind of the same thing because everything in the world, microcosmic and macrocosmic, can be learned from the tarot. I myself have not even delved into it but I've already been presented with the general idea that that's what the tarot can do for you, and I've seen its effects, so... Oh, and it's yeah, amazing how far you can deep, like, dive into it, too. Like, not even just the pictures, it's the symbolism, and then going yes, the into symbolism. the symbolism, and then the numbers, like... And they all somehow just connect to each other. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, Dev, what were you... Uh, you can I say something? Did you lose your thought? No, it was about the ego. And I was kind of talking to Mother Ayahuasca, and she was kind of informing him of this idea out there that we can fully get rid of the ego and that the things that we like and the things that, uh, that, are attract, that we're attracted to, the things that attract us is just simply in our being, the same way in the being of a sunflower is to be attracted to the sun and follow its way. It's in, a, it's, it's in that specific being to be that way. It's in my specific being to be the way I am. It's, Going back into that alignment with with uh, with the natural natural order that uh, she's kind of informing me on. It's like what was I gonna say? She just lost it. Um, oh shoot! <laughs> right? It's in our it's in our being. Yeah, say. these these thoughts we're projecting right now. It's they're they're so large in concept and scope, and that it, it's great that we all understand each other on that level. But I mean, just trying to remember them and keep them in our heads to try to yeah. say them and listen at the yeah. same time very difficult. I have that problem too much. Let's see. I'll bring it up again if I, if I remember it. Yeah, I feel you too. It's like a collective consciousness that we all tune into. That like. I feel like I do the same thing sometimes where you're just like, um, what was I saying? And for me, when I'm getting to a point I'm saying, I'm just like, I wasn't supposed to say that. Like, I just try to move on, like, as fast as I can. Like, maybe I, that wasn't supposed to be said or just say, like, maybe, you know what I'm saying, that wasn't exact that second or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
That happens yeah. to me a lot. People are thinking I'm weird. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, shh. Dude. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Say that to yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's like, boom, that's psychology too, right? There's something to be understood from that. And I like what Sabrina was saying, uh, saying too, like you lay out the tarot in like, you know, pat, center and then below and then future, and it all lays out perfectly. That's just another use of the tarot, and like tarot literally just gave you a psych psychology lesson and an occult lesson and a symbolic lesson, just like that. But I think uh, people just uh, need a tarot teacher first because you can't lay out tarot cards and figure it out on your own. you got to take a bit of uh, study and symbolism and things like that, which I've done a bit of. And it's very exciting when you see the symbols all line up. And I mean, there's a Leonardo da Vinci quote. It says, you know, learn to see everything is connected to everything else. And I think that's where uh, Jax just said the collective consciousness comes in. And I know that collectivism is kind of like an anti-individual thing, but uh, collective as in a large tap-intoable cooperative uh, space type of deal. I mean, heck, it's hard to put into words, but you guys know what I mean. Yes, amen. Cool. Keep don't I, I like it, guys. Don't don't keep going or whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say, Brendan, you want to say something? No, I'm just enjoying listening, man. It's it's nice. It's tough. Cool. Collaborative mm. effort. Mm. I mean, uh, again, with the with the triune aspect, I was talking about thoughts, emotions, and actions. That's not just like one separate, you know, under the books alternative subject. It's it's evident throughout everything. Like you look at. Um, I'm sure this is like the first easiest thing to understand when you first get into like a like uh, exoteric, esoteric, religious, occult study. But you see the uh, the triune aspect and uh, Osiris, Isis, and Horus, and then you see uh, I forget the Babylonian gods' names, but it's the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you match them all up, and that's what they all are. It's thoughts, emotions, and actions. Uh, not not the Straight definition thoughts, straight definition emotion. I mean, thoughts in all of its forms and ways, emotions and what it's uh, in all of what their truthful ways are, and then action because thoughts are the father, they're the creator. Emotions are how you feel about it, the sacred feminine aspect, and then actions are the child of your thoughts and emotions. And I love how you know I loved learning about that because it made so much sense. And you think about it. And also how it goes in with, you know, Jesus or something. It just in a Christian or a Catholic sense, like Jesus was the light of the world. Well, the light of the world is your thoughts, emotions, and actions working in unison to create <clears throat> betterment in the world. And that, you know, reaching that Christ consciousness. P of the chakras lining up together, which is the same as the Trinity lining together and the yin and yang and the duality coming together. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a great thing. Yeah, so I feel you, dude. It's like, like from my perspective, not trying to put everything in my box or your box or whatever, but the masculine and the feminine is so important right now. And it's almost like that's what's creating du duality, you know? It's like people are very masculine in the mental thought form, and then some people are very feminine with a feeling of things. And it's like... It's like left it's creating, brain, right brain in balance. Yeah, and it's creating duality on that level. And if people realize that we're not masculine, we're not feminine, we're both. You know? And when you get to that next level, the the fifth dimensional understanding, there's a third wheel. 
of non-judgment, of unconditional love. You know, so you have good, bad, whatever you want to call it, and you have in the middle. In, you know, in third dimensional level, it's it's only one or the other. In fifth dimensional, you have that third leg where it's like no judgment, neutral. And and being neutral can be very important for like a higher dimensional consciousness, you know? Yeah. I did this reading the other day um, on the 25th, and I thought it's well, it's the last reading I've done in in a couple of days, and I thought this is really um, synchronistic to what we are talking about. So it says, rely on your intuition and your inner knowledge rather than your conscious mind or intellect. Pay attention to your dreams. Synchronicities are likely now. When the priestess appears, messages can come to you from all sorts of places. Move out of your comfort zone. You will be richer for it. And I, you know, I agree with every word of that. And you know, I don't remember doing these readings like off the top of my head. And reading back at them, I'm like, holy cow! How much is this is really making sense of what I'm doing right now? And I, I am richer for you know, because right after that reading I took kind of like a leap of faith into this whole paradigm shift stuff and I feel absolutely like the richest woman on earth <laughs> you know even though I don't have a dime to my name but you know that's how I feel the paradigm shift community is that perfect culmination of uh, people who have basically gotten this far can end up at and we can all help each other share our knowledge and go and do things like free hugs or put out information people need to know and that's kind of where my part is uh, but with that quote and what that saying is uh, the correct driving force of just about anyone is the sacred feminine which is care nurture compassion <clears throat> will and then the sacred masculine aspect is being able to put that action out into the world and um, You'll see a lot of that with people with people who are religious. They're more right-brained. They're uh, submissive and very acceptive of everything, and are aren't willing to uh, put into drive to be willing to go and change anything, or at least they'll physically act, but not physically act. Maybe even morally, but for all of the the wrong bigoted big bigotable reasons. And then you have science. <clears throat> Or we could even get, uh, try to get into scientism, which is kind of the people who are generally probably atheists, but they don't they don't put enough thought or care into like how they perceive the world, which is kind of where solipsism jumps in. But they'll pronounce to be something along the lines of like, oh, I believe in science. Well, that's the first thing. You don't believe in science. Science presents itself as uh, whatever science is is self-evident. And I think that's kind of what all of this information is. Is it science? Like uh, the physical and spiritual domains aren't separate places, really. And but we're I think gathering that, hypotheses every day, you know. Just yeah, and definitely. And what that says is we don't have to go and differentiate everything from everything. That and it all coincides with uh, things are all one in a sense. I, I don't, I don't go and disagree with that, but I think a lot of people misinterpret the. Uh, you know, one is all, all is one type ideal. I mean, heck, even a solipsist can go and misinterpret that as being a part of their ideology. Um, 
Darn, see, I forgot my train of thought. I was saying something along the lines of, uh, oh, yes, uh, left brain. But those, yeah, the, but there's someone on the le uh, left brain side is very logical, intellectual. And I'm saying, like, yeah, you don't want to drop the left or drop the right brain. You want to bring them together so that you're logical and reasoning, but you can also have intuition. And uh, a researcher like David Icke, he says himself that he relies completely on his intuition and then his his logic and sense and reason comes in afterward and you can say what you want about David Icke I think he puts a lot of great work out there uh, he uh, people believe their own theories because I think that's what he believes he's arrived at uh, as a part of his conclusions but people will see like this separate subject this separate subject or the the, the reptilian or the, the Saturn moon matrix type of type of deal like that's really far out stuff you have to know a lot of preemptive uh, knowledge to be able to comprehend that kind of concept which almost to me it sounds believable which is really strange as to like if I if I showed that to anyone else I know that they, they wouldn't even know what to think I honestly wouldn't even know what they'd say but to me I'm like yeah it's possible and just cuz I, I don't really have a belief system holding me back from being like yeah that, that might be a thing I tell you but, what you mean <laughs> yeah but especially with most of his work I mean, David Hyde gets about in, just about in the same as other researchers have. Michael Tessarion, Mark Passio, David Icke, they their general work talks about all the same things. They just present it in their own ways. You know, psychology, occult, secret societies. Uh, <clears throat> Mark Passio calls it natural law, but other researchers probably call it something different. They all talk about those same ideals, and I think those are the ideals, uh, not even the, the truth and the facts that... Um, that are best lived by because they're self-evident and they're, I mean, historical, they're cool. I mean, that's the point you get into this knowledge for. You see this knowledge and you're like, this is the missing aspect of my life that has been here the whole time. I just haven't seen it yet. And then when it, once it becomes a part of your life, you be, it's like you become a whole new uh, upgraded person uh, in a sense. It's really great stuff. Yeah, I remember Michael Cesarian. He was, like, actually one of the people who um, I really started listening to a lot, like, way back in the day. Like, this would have been, like, five or six. Um, a lot of his stuff was, like, ancient civilization stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was, like, talking about, like, ancient technologies of Atlantis and, like, super weapons of, like, ancient societies. and crazy stuff at first. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, totally, totally. I mean, I know, I know not all of his stuff is, like, that crazy and everything. And he's, like, still putting out a lot of stuff, too. Um, his website's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's actually um, working with a, a few people that I know for, like, the whole, like, tarot series, that, tarot series that he, like, puts out where he's, like, breaking down all the symbolism of, like, each card and stuff like that. So, yeah, if anybody is interested, Michael Tazarian, um, the way how you spell it, Michael, and then T-S-A-R-I-O-N. Uh, yeah, he's just a he's a guy who's like really been into awakening people for for quite a while. But definitely someone I would recommend checking out. So, yeah, yeah, um, sweet guys. Uh, yeah, and Mark Passio, that's someone who I feel like I've come across, but I'm not entirely familiar. But P A S S I O, and uh, yeah, if people want to check that out as well, so 
sweet guys. Um, okay, well, do you guys like? I, I, again, I was just enjoying listening to to a lot of that and uh, just keeping an eye on things. Uh, it's about twelve twenty right now, and if we're getting close to wrapping up at around one, uh, what we can do is hit up another topic, but we can still finish with a tarot card reading and maybe a short meditation. Uh, if anybody else would even like to volunteer to to do a short meditation, they're more than welcome. Uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll I'll guide us through one. But uh, yeah, just putting that out there. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's like just sort of like wrap up this this topic. Does, is there anything else that you guys want to hit upon, just um, related to anything that we've been hitting hitting <laughs> talking about in the last little bit? I mean, it's been quite a, quite a few things. So I don't know if there's anything else, or Roman, if there's anything else that you just want to maybe say, just to summarize or conclude, or or advice that you just want to leave people with. I said just about everything that yeah I'm pretty sure someone out there a viewer or one of you guys can definitely feel what I'm saying and uh, go explore the information some more for ourselves because even Michelangelo at 87 years old said I'm still learning very true very true and he was a Freemason so I mean <laughs> he knew a lot already <laughs> there you go so cool cool man sweet well um Devin, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I just had one more thing to add on to that. Just like, like kind of what I was saying earlier, it's just like um, try and kind of put yourself in here, go back to kindergarten, and before you knew in your mind the wording and the whole concept of one plus one equals two, before you knew that, you knew that if, hey, I have one of these, there's, there's more of them together. You were just aware. And there's an infinite amount of awareness. Awareness is the infinite. And it kind of also takes me back to like the ego. The ego's trying to bring things to a wrap. And that's what stops you from opening further. That's what, you know, you get something getting you like the ego wants to hold on to it and like, all right, I found my completion. I can I can stop now. But there there's there's no there's no end to, to the process of life. And ego's trying to find its itself in oneness by trying to create its by trying to cut itself off. And that's what creates um, separation. So the infinite awareness, like um, you're saying, he's, he's still learning. Your awareness can grow infinitely just by just by sitting meditating, meditating on a question. You ask the universe a question with your heart and your and your head. You you truly want to know the answer to you. You remain open to it, and the answer will come through synchronicity, through through intuition. The intuition is one of the one of the bringers of truth, and that's why. You know, it's just it, you, can, you can learn to trust your intuition. The only thing that gets in the way of it is the is the chattering of the mind, is the you know analyzation, overanalyzation, and whatnot. But you you need that too. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. Hope that kind of resonates with that whole point with um just awareness came before the mind, and if you can tap back into just being aware, you'll you'll explode. And I'm trying to find a way to kind of word these massive concepts through words, but it's it's an awareness thing. You can just you can just be aware of it. And that's what I like that's what I get like literally I believe that we can meet at this dream tree. Because it's like I want to like show you in the astral world like, hey, can I show you this? And like because like I can't just always put it into words, but yeah. Go ahead, keep keep talking. I'm, I I just gotta do something behind the scenes. If anybody else wants to jump in. Oh yeah, Devin. I, I meant to respond to that, but I had had been just typing something. Um, 
dude, just lost it. Uh, I just need one more second. I could probably remember what it what the words were. Uh, geez. Okay, what were you just saying? Repeat something you just said. Um, awareness came before the mind, but the mind yes. kind of took over. Even, yes, um, I can explore that just by my own definitions, but even it, that is even expressed within psychology that there's just, um, you just, there's this thing where you just exist. You are, and there's these things that are just observably self-evident, and you put one, you put uh, two and two together, and you get uh, logic. And that's kind of like where the origins of mind come from and the whole process of like uh, uh, creation and whatnot. Uh, even creation within a mother's womb and all of that symbolism. Ooh, geez. The chalice and all of that. And uh, also, too, even many researchers tell that to adults. You have to get to this point of awareness that understanding this kind of knowledge and this kind of information as people choose to explore it on their own time uh, they need to have a better righteous uh, inclination to go and <laughs> learn these things because I feel it's necessary in this day and age. Um, but you have to be conscious. And I like Mark Passio's uh, just very short, simple definition of uh, what consciousness, um, another meaning for it, or a more uh, straightforward meaning of it is just the ability to recognize and understand patterns. And it's weird. You think patterns, like what shapes, like no, it's just patterns in terms of uh, interconnectivity and um, how information coincides uh, with other information and things like that. Like, yeah, that's kind of a perfect way to put uh, uh, someone who is, you know, quote unquote awake. And a lot of that word gets tossed around nowadays too. Just recently, oh, I see awake and tossed around everywhere. But that's kind of my definition of awake is someone who can process, validate, and recognize patterns and and not someone who has like a belief structure or just some kind of system they have to add hold to. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Just being in touch with that universal flow kind of in, in itself expands the more you go back into touch with it and intuition and those kind of spiritual gifts grow from there and it's, uh, yeah, it's truly just kind of just like taking time each day to still and that's why these like Tibetan monks have those kind of abilities to do that. It's why they can go into a, a damp room and dry cloths on their bodies because the the openness your body responds to the awareness of what like of also what you think but of also what you're just generally aware of in other kind of senses. And the body will literally adapt just the same way the mind will. So and the mind controls the body but I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's like the consciousness, awareness, the mind, the body. And so when you're acting at the seat of consciousness, which you know, some people will say that it's your higher self, but it's, it's accessible at any time. Your consciousness directs where the awareness flows, and the awareness brings about thoughts, and the mind tells the body what to do. And so if, you're, if you try to get in touch with this seat of consciousness, you say, I'm trying to be what is. I'm trying to, like, you take a seat and go, I'm returning back to the seat of the natural law of the universe. And you, you start to become aware of the natural law of the universe. And that's past mind. You become aware of the natural, natural law. Your mind will start to understand it. And then your body will also under, start to understand it. And that's why these, 
these monks, they're at the seat of their highest self, and they're, they're literally commanding their bodies to school, like, to, um, they're commanding the intelligence that's within us, right, that's within all the trees, because you don't pump your blood, you don't, you yourself don't say breathe, breathe. You don't necessarily control your digestive system, your, your nervous system, the intelligence does. And when you tap into the intelligence of the universe through consciousness, you kind of, you, you bring that ability to kind of, I don't know, express the God that's within you, sort of sense. But I, I'm really up there with my ideas, but it's, it's kind of what I've experienced so far with ayahuasca and, and astral projections and being in touch with these spirits and sentient beings. I know exactly what you're saying, and I had a I had a Instagram a while ago. I I deleted it because I felt like I was drawing in too many negative energies at the time. And um, when I was just kind of going with the flow, I would you know I take one of those screenshots of the time stamps that I would get, like two 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 or eleven eleven, and you know. Eventually, you know how they have it set up three in a row, like three lines on Instagram, and you know all these timestamps would be lining up in these really cool patterns. And not only those things, but but my pictures were matching up with certain times. And um, another example is when I'm doing my singing, I will pick off pick up a song off the top of my head or I'll have a feeling I'm like oh I really want to sing this and I'm telling you I could sing you know probably 50 songs in a row and not get tired and that's that's just how my brain works and I can just you know throw a song out there and when I look back later and I look at the titles of the songs and they're all lined up it's it's literally my higher self communicating with myself you know with the you know, with the titles of the songs, it's giving me a message, and it's lining up perfectly. And I, it's those kind of things that kind of get me farther down that rabbit hole, and and you know, fighting with my my mind and thinking, okay, this can't be right, but I'm seeing this pattern, and is anybody else seeing this pattern? And I was, I, I felt a little. Ah, what was the word? Like I didn't, I didn't know how to express it to people, so I just was putting it out there. But you know, I could see that people were noticing, but I think I was scaring a lot of people as well, if that makes any sense. And like I scare my family all the time, and I hide my tarot readings from them. I hide, you know, my gifts. I don't talk about that stuff because you know they're Greek Orthodox and that stuff's not allowed at all in within the the household. So I mean, I'm not uh that's my stepdad's family, but you know, like it, I want to express these things so bad and I just keep, you know, cutting myself off from a lot of social media stuff because I see a lot of, you know, attacking happening that you know isn't isn't worth my time or energy to to do anymore, I guess. No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's kind of like I was saying with, uh, with my example earlier with uh, consciousness, awareness, mind, body. The consciousness is the divine spirit. 
And its natural drive is towards love, is towards awakening, is towards more consciousness. And so that's why your higher, the higher self is always trying to communicate to you to grow, to learn, to be more of who one is. And so like, I feel like what's getting in the way, it's, it's, that, uh, it's, it's that ego block, right? And that's why I like to bring up um, spiritual discipline and continuously going back into that state of no mind, of just being, so that you're aware, like, so that your consciousness can make more of a, more of a connection. Like when you're meditating, you're making more of that, of that connection towards the, uh, the animal self, the body, and the higher self, the consciousness. And it's one of those things that are kind of connected that you have full, you have the full energy, you have the full groundedness to go and execute, you know, everything you are. And for the thing with um. Kind of like I had that same kind of uh, same kind of problem. Like I don't do a lot of Facebook posting and or stuff like that. And it's because of that. Uh, the I don't want to like call people names, but it's just not everyone's going to be as open-minded right away to my concepts. And that'll kind of that actually I believe scares the ego, not their ego, but just ego as the whole entity itself, because it's trying it's trying to it's trying to maintain itself, right? So. It sees that and it's, it wants to cut off connection. So the my the the, the thoughts that are always like I, I I don't think my I don't think my uh, my you know my paintings or my songs are good enough. That is ego speaking. It's because we're all already enough. We all already are children of the divine. It's, that's something that's just said. Uh, you know that's something said a lot often. But it's trying to I think like through meditation to actually embody embody that knowledge like within your heart and that um, also also has to do with a lot of uh, shadow work because when, when you have your shadow self embrace when you when you uh, work with all your fears and all the intimidations and stuff like that you have that uh, innate drive you just kind of you're not in fear of the ego in others to go and spread that love so it's through the uh, shadow self I believe as well but yeah that was beautiful yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. Sweet, guys. Well, I was just going to say, like, let's um, keep segueing this, and uh, I want to be able to just move things into the topic of talking about um, the show Stranger Things. But but I, I do want to just say that, like, yeah, this last while of conversation has been really key. And, and again, even just going back to, like, what, what Sabrina's saying, like, I think... You know, it's really important for, for us as spiritual people to be able to express ourselves and for us to be able to practice expressing ourselves and for us to be able to have that space to do so and, and to be able to, like, be amongst people who are supporting each other. So, I mean, even for, for anybody listening to this who, who maybe echoes uh, some of those same feelings, I just want to, again, you know, invite them to, to be able to take part in these hangouts, again, using the website to... Because, again, like, Sabrina, like, I would, I would love to be able to just, like, encourage you to be able to like create like your own forms of quest journals sharing sharing what it is that you're not writing about on Facebook but maybe you do want to start writing about without having to feel as if you have to hide anything cuz cuz again you know like I, I think that's important is is knowing that like you know, in, in expressing ourselves we are giving other people the permission to express ourselves so i mean honoring our story is such a huge thing and, and I think it's probably a more common thing than we realize that people are sort of like in the spiritual closet 
per se, and, and we want to be able to like help invite people to just be able to practice that process of like stepping out of it in a, in a comfortable way. But uh, yeah, like Sabrina, I'd definitely be able to love. I'd love to be able to like brainstorm with you because I mean, like even if it's like you know, it could be a post about anything, but maybe it could be even like a post um, with like a sample. This is just an idea of like a tarot reading that you're doing. You know, you could do a tarot reading for like the community, so to speak. I'd love to do that. Yeah, and, and sort of give us like a breakdown of like what it actually means kind yeah. of thing. That'd like a collective consciousness for the paradigm shift. That's what totally. I'm more what I'm more interested in doing for you guys is the people who want to see that stuff, who are interested in getting that kind of information cuz I'm not too sure about the people on my Facebook cuz you know they're my friends and they're my family and I know a lot of them aren't awake and I don't want to scare them off as well, you know. And I, you know, I just get caught at a crossroads a lot. <laughs> and I, I need to express myself. I need to open my throat chakra a little bit more. <laughs> I think uh, before I go, I'd really like to jump in here because I think this is, a, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Uh, and in, in the exact terms, you were talking about not so much lately as it is in general, like how, how do other people conceive or perceive the kind of information and you could just kind of stubbornly not even stubbornly but just kind of uh, immaturely go ah just be so free it hurts other people but if they are your friends and family um, I feel just generally you know how day to day daily routine basic reality goes something like tarot isn't immediately um, even the, my family, who just, you know, my dad's part of the family, might not understand it or get it because they're so entrenched. But, you know, my mom and all of that, they they get it and they don't mind. They're not going to restrict me from learning whatever I want to learn or whatever. But if I practice some ritual in the house, I mean, that's a little weird. I can do that on my own time, but I don't do that kind of stuff anyway. But uh, the point of expressing yourself, I think the quest journals are like a perfect, like, Facebook-esque wall to where... You can do the tarot weeding thing or post about any subject you want. And, I um, mean, I'd be glad to read it as much as other people would. I mean, that's that's great. You, you should be able to express yourself in any way you want without being condemned or ostracized by friends or family. That's just not fair. Um, either you go with that and you do what you do because that, that, that that's you and you're going to go put that out there. And as long as you're not, like, going and harming anyone else or anything like that or... Um, disturbing, you know, just not doing any immoral action. You should be able to do whatever you, whatever you feel, <clears throat> and that with. If you can't do that, just straight out, just go on your Facebook and act however you want to act, and uh, post and incessantly like whatever you want to do. You could like slowly introduce it to where you, when you approach certain people, especially friends or family, you know where they're coming from in their beliefs, and they, you want to get them from that. What would you say the religion was? Uh, Greek what? Greek Orthodox. Greek Orthodox. I don't know what that where that stands. I've it's ba actually, it's like Christianity. Is... It's just a different form. Oh, okay. I think I actually yeah. might have. I might know of that. Yeah. But you take that from that route and you slowly introduce the concept, like one after, like a stepwise progression, like I like my work is, like I don't just straight up just throw some some occult spiritual knowledge at them and expect them to get it. Like I gotta. I even have to go through the political thing sometimes. And uh, like you and Dev, you just don't want all that negativity. I see this negativity uh, 
not that my wall is filled with a bunch of imbeciles. I mean, most of my friends are, you know, legitimate, nice people and all of that. But, you know, some of them just can't be bothered with it. They're, they're not ready. Uh, heck, I could even say it's too late, and they might as well kind of just live out through their system. It's not like they're going and they don't go and support, uh, you know, psychopaths or politicians or whatever you want to call them, authoritative, dominating collective powers. But uh, what I mean by slowly, slowly introducing, which but this is that is my point, yeah. is uh, take them from the the Greek roots, the Greek Orthodox, and then like what's the step after that? What is what is the thing you can introduce to them after? Like okay, me personally, I I actually was like very just atheist, and anything having to do with religion or any kind of mystical concept, I didn't care to understand or anything, even New Agey, and and that can be uh, rebutted on its own time. But I just completely outright refused it because I'm like, ah, belief, faith, whatever, right? But I soon, yeah, I came after that. And I think there's a quote. I don't know who it by, who it was by, but I just read it recently. And it's like the first glass of skepticism and the first glass of logic and reason. You'll deny God, but once you finish the glass, you realize that God was at the bottom the whole time. And I don't mean God as, you know, the oogly moogly creator, but you can think about that creative force however you decide to, but there is some kind of intelligent creative uh, force in the universe, and that's what gives human beings their uniqueness, and, you know, heck, even with Dev and his whole astral plane thing, I'm not even that far. I want to see that for myself. I want to know how that is, um, just to confirm it for myself. I mean, I, I do want to believe in it, but, you know, me, myself, I just haven't experienced something like that yet. But, yeah, just either express yourself or slowly on people so that they'll uh, understand you better. Just just keep uh, kind of like placing candy or crumbs on the floor. Just have them follow one by one by one until they arrive at wherever they need to arrive. And me, I don't know you or your family at all in any way. So you have to come up yourself uh, with ideas on how to maybe lure them or maybe have them understand you on an emotional level firsthand. Or just go outright and just express yourself however you want to, and try to enjoy life for what you enjoy life for how you have it, and don't su submit or accept things that can change. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. The problem I run into is that, you know, as badly as I want to share what I know, sometimes people don't take the information that you want to share. In the way that you wanted to, right? And next Are thing you, you know, it they're next thing you know, it they're in a mental hospital and they're not able to function at work because their mind is going in a million places. Like that pretty much happened to me when I first woke up, and that's the fear that I have, you know, expressing myself in in my fullest. You know, I I used to be a really sociable person at parties. You know, I used to be that one who can make a conversation with anybody and now when I have people over I'm just kinda in the background sitting there like okay is there anyone here that I could talk to that you know might have any interest in what I'm interested in right now probably not and you know I don't wanna push my buttons on to someone who is like completely oblivious to this stuff you know so there's like kind of a system you you have to go through. Asking them questions—that's a really good way. Like meeting them there on on whatever level they might be at. Like the just first question, like, do you believe that 
all you see is just what is. And it's like for anyone who kind of has like a, you know, even a tiny bit of just kind of like hope or faith, they're going to be like, um, like you can't, like for someone to be like, yes, everything that I see, feel, touch, and hear is, like there's nothing else. It's kind of, that's kind of like a, it's, that's, I don't know anyone who is that actually closed with, with them knowing it. So it's like, dude, like, like, like yeah. five cents reality. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone who is that close. It's natural for the human being to wonder. It's like, as we're, like, I always mm -hmm. go back to, like, when we were kids, but it's because, like, it's true. When we were kids, all we did was wonder. All we did was try and explore. All we did was learn. And we are still that people. So it's kind of, you kind of go back there and meet them at that, at that place. Like, do you believe that all you see is? And hopefully the, the answer is no. It's like, what do you believe? It's like, well, there could be UFOs, and you meet them there. It's like, what makes you believe that? It's like, well, it's just kind of, and they'll have their way of explaining it to you, and you can literally kind of lift them up, and, you know, it's it's kind of how I I myself, like, I ask myself, why? Like, why do I believe that? Well, oh, okay, this is why. Why do I believe that? This is kind of like, it's just like a ladder on the way up, and it's, you know, like, why do you, like, why do you believe in spirits? It's like, oh, well, I had an experience this one time, and it's, Kind of, I've, I've read a lot of yeah. books, and you you got to meet the people, you know, meet the person you're communicating with at their level, because, like, I've tried so many times with my friends, and, you know, coming from another person who's kind of been, like, like you already know, like, I've been diagnosed with psychosis, and I was in the, uh, like, been in the mental hospital for about a week, just because I went to my friends after I did ayahuasca, or no, it was before I did ayahuasca, it was as I was awakening, I'm going to my friends, and like, guys, guys, like, there's entities like, dude, I met a demon, or like, whoa, Devin, like, slow down. <laughs> not a good, not a grand idea. No, it wasn't, and they were worried for me, and they did the right thing, and, they, you know, they got me, you know, make, like, got me to go get help, and it's just, it's a lot different now. It's, it's you, you gotta, yeah, just meet them at their level and try and bring them up. Exactly, meet them at their level, get them to question things, and this might not work, uh, with a lot of older folks, uh, maybe your parents or, or even grandparents or something, but you want to get, yeah, just get them to ask the questions. Get them to, yeah, meet them at the level, ask them questions. That's, that's about the perfect place to start, really. I, I don't know what else I could recommend. And within my own experience, I don't go. Mm -hmm. It's easy not to go and drive a point onto someone. It's perfect when the opportunity comes. Like they'll either be talking about something, or they'll be sitting there open for you to talk about something. And I don't know whose friends are like yeah. how, but I've got people who are willing to listen. And but but you know they might not look into it themselves because it's not that uh, prioritized with them right now. And just before I go, I just want to leave with the thought of just. Um. Sabrina, you gotta you gotta express yourself, man. Um, and you you two, Dev and Sabrina, going into uh, mental hospitals for whatever reason. I mean, that's pretty. That's some whack stuff. Oh, I didn't I, actually I, go into one. Okay, just you didn't go into one. <laughs> no, my I was almost there, but my parents um, they thought I could, you know, straighten myself out, and I did. And you know, they wanted to put me on antidepressants but I knew I didn't need it and I was, <laughs> I was on Seroquel for a little bit just to calm my anxiety and then eventually my mom came to me saying um, she wanted me to stop taking that prescription and she wanted me to take melatonin to help me sleep 
And that opened up a huge doorway of dreams as well. So, you know, this mm -hmm. has been a journey, and, you know, I'm, I, I'm glad, Devin, you got the help, and, you know, it worked for you. Like, we all came, come out of this in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all have these very elaborate, uh, troubling, trenchy backgrounds, but it's all, it's all important that we all meet together on this point and can go down the right path, and the right path is going to have some spikes in the road, of course, and we all got to not forget our inner child, like Devin was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. you know, children are aware like that, you don't want to forget that. Absolutely. I know Brendan's a little as a kid over there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's good stuff, you see, these are the kind of real positive vibes you have to look for. We're problem solving here, we're helping each other out, we're not just, you know, outputting uh, single-sided love, it's... Yeah. It's uppercase L love. You guys are definitely making me smile, that's for sure. Totally. Well, I, w I was going to say, I mean, going back to the, the topic of, like, how can we bring more conscious ideas into regular culture and everything? And, um, I mean, one, one of, like, again, right? Like, I, I feel like... It's it, part of our aids in this are the things that are that are appearing within pop culture, which segues us into what I want to be talking about with like the idea of like Stranger Things, because like that's like a very popular show right now, and a lot of themes within that would be a great way to sort of bridge conversations with people who are watching it, who may be your friends, and help them sort of open up to more, like, shifty ideas. Um, but before we get that, I was just going to say, I mean, like, for Sabrina or, or anyone, you know, like, one of the... I'll always go back to this, but one of, like, the... what I find to be the easiest and the, one of the most accessible um, shifty topics to be able to, to talk with people about is the topic of dreams and dream exploration. You know, like, again, it's this idea of, like, everybody dreams. Everybody has the potential to be interested in dreams. So, I mean, you can ask them. You can just literally say, like, you know, they like, have you ever heard of lucid dreaming? And if they say no, then you have a conversation. And if they say yes, then you have a conversation. So it's sort of like this, like, social little hack that you can use to, to start talking to people. And, and, again, you know, you can just allow the conversation about dreams to unfold as, as you need to. But again, you know, like, you can even go back to uh, referencing, like, other movies that, that have become, like, very popular over the years, you know? Like, you can talk about The Matrix. You can be like, be like remember when The Matrix came out or something like that? And be like, what is that actually about, right? And you can sort of, uh, like, Inception. Yeah, Uberman's saying Inception is, like, another great movie. And, and again, you know, the one that's going to be coming out very soon is Doctor Strange. So, again, like, using... <laughs> Using these movies, like, these movies are tools for us to be able to jump off of, to be able to have more conversations with people, to give other people a reference point as to what it is that we're already familiar with. So, um, yeah, again, I want to segue into the topic of, like, um, the Stranger Things show, because there's a lot of shifty themes in that movie, uh, in that TV show, and it's very popular right now. Um, but, but I just want to open it up if anybody else had anything just to, to say on, like, you know, little social hacks that, that we can use to sort of bridge conversations and, and get more people into, uh, you know, like, to help plant those seeds, really, because again, you know, it's something where you want to be like, it, it, I've said this before, right, it, it's, it, there's a difference between getting people to, you know, what you want to do is you want to encourage people to think for themselves. That, that's really what you want to do, opposed to just, like, telling them what to think. There, there's a difference between that. You can offer them your perceptions, but ultimately you can just be like, you know, be like, well, that's just, 
one way of looking at it, right? What do you think about it? So again, it's encouraging people to think for themselves is really the goal in this because ultimately that's what that's all anyone can do rather than going around and trying to like force your beliefs on someone or whatever. Um, but yeah, just o opening it up if anybody had any any response to, to that, some of like the social hacks that we can do to help get people who may be like very, you know, ingrained in one way of thinking to start thinking outside the box a little bit more. And again, it's funny because like, um, some people who, you know, it's <laughs> it, some people who maybe really, again, inside the box of like what they've been living, you know, the reality is like what it has been for the last 40 years and it's very material based and they think that's all there is. It's funny when those people suddenly have like a UFO experience or suddenly even have, um, again, something as dramatic as a near death experience because I feel that's actually like consciousness kind of like coming to them to be able to help steer them on their path which was technically part of their path to begin with they were just sort of like it was within their contract that they were going to have their awakening later on which is actually a thing that we're hearing more common I mean for for some of us uh, the majority of the people within this broadcast right now we're, we're younger you, you know we're like under 30 years old but then you hear other people who are in their 50s and 60s and they're just like oh my god you know like I didn't have my awakening until I was like 45 years old so like so so what happened to them you know like how, how what what brought them into their awakening and again you know sometimes it's like very spontaneous things or sometimes it's just like watching a video on the internet that really just again shifted their paradigm sort of thing but um, again I feel consciousness is constantly trying to wake itself up and we are a part of that process and the social medias and and the, the mainstream popularity that that is coming up like the, the themes coming up with the mainstream popularity are there for us to recognize as tools to be able to help accelerate and to use within our, our, our social like conversations and everything but yeah just within that topic if anybody else has anything they want to add into uh, that just, go ahead. just one last thing before I go uh, that sure. yeah, yeah. of uh, what you were just saying um, I mean they live is a really good movie it's more from like the negative control control over standpoint but it's still I still like it it's a good one Roddy Roddy Piper does a great job being cool and that's the, that's the best that's the best part you want to be cool a uh, big model for mine for any problem solving or just any issue is like encouragement and education. I mean, those are the biggest things. Like people talk about this issue or that issue. Like literally, all any issue ever needs for quick solving is someone with the encouragement to educate. You're not forcing your beliefs, but you're just like, hey, there's this, you know, and then offer it to them, kind of like a solicitation almost. They have to be open for it though. And on the um, <clears throat> on the topic of Stranger Things, and I think what Sabrina or Dev was talking about way earlier was uh, the synchronicity thing of the different timestamps. Like I heard just from my experience that eleven eleven is like a calling, like you need to keep going, type of thing. And uh, that isn't it weird that uh, drug experiences or something along the lines of UFOs or strange happenings happen to people who are just necessarily just normal people, like people still in a box or even like country folk. Like it's weird because it's, it's like uh, the the universe had planned for that to happen to them at that age apparently, just right at that specific time. Like it, none of us are getting kidnapped or probed by aliens or need any special, you know, convincing because it's like uh, do yes. any of us in this thing right now need 
to get abducted by an alien or something along the lines of something strange like that. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> of course. Or, you know, I think of it like that. It's pretty crazy if you think about it as, you know, a 40-year-old farmer is just, you know, going about his life, not thinking about, think about much, just creating his own family legacy. And, um, um, in it, in, I mean, possibly for a lot of people that I, I, I want to start to mention more is just inadvertently supporting and even doing immoral things, and they have to recognize what they're doing too, which I might get into with my psychology uh, quest articles. But it's it's that too. So that forty-year-old farmer getting uh, ducked by an alien, boom, his whole life just changed. And I, out of all UFO things I've ever seen, none of those people who have ever had that crazy or strange experience have ever preemptively even cared about aliens or UFOs. So I think it is almost like a, a mm -hmm. weird, strange necessity. It's not like the aliens are the arbiters of that calling, but the universe just sets it in line. Like, it lets, you know, those aliens are just going to go abduct that person for that reason. Because who knows how high up on the whole consciousness thing they are. So yeah, not that it's a scale, but yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You you guys have a great rest of the night. Yeah. I'll go pay all of you. Yeah, thanks again, Roman. Always Bye, a Roman. It was nice meeting you. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about my UFO experience. So yeah, we'll <laughs> see you around. Um, I was just gonna say because because like related to what he was just saying, um, I I feel that sometimes synchronicity. Synchronicity actually takes place relative to UFOs, UFO sightings sometimes. You know, in terms of like a UFO will be like happen to be flying by, and the UFO won't be flying by to show themselves to one person in particular, but it happens to be a place of the UFO and the person happen to be in the right place at the right time. And so like the UFO like may not actually be trying to wake someone up, but then it does coincidentally, synchronistically. Um, and then other times maybe it is more purposeful. You know, maybe a UFO is like intentionally showing itself to a mass amount of people to be intentionally uh, filmed by video and to be seen. You know, I, I feel that's becoming more of a common thing is that we recognize there's like an intelligence behind these these phenomenons, these UFO phenomenons. But like with my experience when uh, I mean I've talked about this before in the previous broadcast, but it's just a good example. Like yeah, like a UFO like literally decloaked over top of me, like very, very close. Like it was like just like I was lying on the grass and I was looking up at the sky and it like flew over top of me and it decloaked like within like literally it was like, you know, like I want to say like, like 50 feet, but because like it wasn't very high up and it was very close, and so like it, it was just interesting because I, I feel like the UFO again it was probably I think it was a man man crafted UFO opposed to an alien craft UFO it was like a triangle craft UFO I feel like it was a coincidence that it happened there was a synchronicity that happened a coinciding incident because I don't like there was a thunderstorm and stuff going on and I and I and, and I'm guessing that it was just like this pure act of like very very rare circumstances that allowed this to happen where I just happened to be at the right place at the right time from a conscious level to be able to see this UFO accidentally or, you know, like unintentionally decloak itself while I happened to be looking, yet it didn't know that I was like right there when it did it sort of thing. So it was just like the UFO wasn't trying to show itself to me, yet I happened to like have this experience otherwise. But again, that's just one way of looking at it opposed to the idea that the UFO was trying to show itself to me. But even if the UFO wasn't trying to show itself to me, Consciousness was trying to show the UFO to me. 
So again, that's really kind of like what what I draw back to is that there's like these like hierarchies of consciousness, you know, like there's people who are enacting a part of a bigger story and they may not even know that they're a part of that bigger story. And I think that's like a very interesting topic in itself. And it's this idea of like what bigger stories are we actually a part of and, and what happens when we at least open ourselves up to being a part of that bigger story and allowing ourselves to sort of be conduits for, for other people's experiences and collective awakening as well. So, I mean, there's a lot to sort of talk about that. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, let's sort of uh, jump around a little bit more because it's about 1 a.m. right now, and um, I do want to talk about Stranger Things, and then we'll still wrap up with a closing tarot draw. And maybe Sabrina, if Sabrina's still online, you could actually uh, do, like, a single-card tarot draw for us. I'd be more than happy to, to have you do that if that's something you're interested in. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'll do my oracle. Um, cool. I'll do my Oracle deck for that okay, one. Okay, cool. Sweet, sweet. Okay, so let's try and do that no later than 1.30, and then we'll wrap up with, like, a closing meditation. And again, if anybody else wants to do a closing meditation, uh, please feel free to do that. Otherwise, I'll, I'll do it, which is totally fine. Um, just before we get into the topic of Stranger Things, I just wanted to say, because I just had the message come up to me uh, through Facebook, um, our friend Sam from Haven for Humanity, he literally just came online to me within this broadcast, and he was just, like, posting, he was just commenting, and he was just like, dude, we just got back from having our huge potluck gathering, which was, like, a a community event that he organized as like a paradigm shift and slash Haven for Humanity community event and havenforhumanity.org is uh, the website you can check out but it's like this like individual like sustainable eco community that they're building in upstate New York and he said there was like over like 30 people who came out to it so shout out to Sam and I think he's going to be putting up a quest journal uh, about that in the near future and again I just wanted to let you guys know with that because like again you know like that was like him taking action and, and, and hearing the call, and lo and behold, he created an event where 30 people came together. And then those 30 people connect, and they build this community. So, I mean, never underestimate the idea of, of us being portals and catalysts for collective gatherings and, and for allowing other people in the community to, to be able to meet. You know, it's a very important thing to be the, the, the generators for those portals of synchronicity to take place. Like, that's, like, part of our magic. It's, like, creating these portals and being portals ourselves, whether it be through free hugs or through creating, like, actual community events on the regular. So shout out to shout out to Sam for doing that. And, again, just shout out to everyone who's get, getting the inspiration to do that where they are and hearing the call. So, um, with that said, I, I want to segue into the topic. Uh, as we were saying, you know, there's there's more shows coming uh, within to mainstream culture these days that are really getting people's attention, and and sometimes these shows have like very conscious themes within them. Um, an example of like a show, um, in addition to Stranger Things. So, I mean, you know, just some of the shows that have like sort of popped up here and there. Um, one, you know, like Matrix. Inception, um, Cloud Atlas is like another great one, and, and similar to Cloud Atlas would be a show, uh, Sense Eight, um, Sense, and then the number eight. A lot of people are probably familiar with this, which was also done by the Wachowski siblings as well. And this was like a very interesting show about like multiple people living as like a collective experience, sort of this hive mind mentality. And they actually like mentioned DMT within the first episode, so it's interesting when like obviously the Wachowskis had like had their own own consciousness expanding experience and here they were intentionally creating art to be able to like facilitate and share and pass on some of these ideas through a medium to be able to like get out there to a larger audience which is exactly 
part of my inspiration behind doing things like the Journey to Lucidity movies and trying to get those further out there and even submitting those to film festivals. You know, you like bring it into an audience who may not fully be expecting to have their consciousness shifted and that they, they sit down for the entertainment and then they leave and they're just like, whoa, you know, like that movie like did something to me, you know, like it gave me an idea and, and, and never underestimate the power of an idea just to be able to like allow someone to look at things a little bit differently. So um, getting into the topic of Stranger Things, Stranger Things is a new show on Netflix and, and people can find it online. Um, there's a website that, that I can recommend people go to to be able to watch it from and uh, you can go to putlocker.is. Um, it's a fairly, I mean, I don't, I don't, whether it's illegal or not, I mean, who knows, but putlocker.is, P-U-T-L-O-C-K-E-R, putlocker.is, and you can just look up Stranger Things. They have, like, lots of shows there and everything like that. It's a pretty, pretty decent site uh, in that sense, and, and you can watch it from there if Netflix isn't available for you. But basically, I'll just give a synopsis. Um, well, well, first, let me just, uh, let me just check. Um, how many people who are tuned into this in the conversation right now have watched the show or are familiar with the shows? Because I'll try to avoid spoilers as well. Has anybody else here watched the show? Um, Dev hasn't. Scoot hasn't. Uberman hasn't. Jeremy hasn't. <laughs> Sabrina's seen the first episode. And Kat, who is also in the game, has uh, seen the fourth, fifth, and sixth episode. <laughs> so, um, okay, and I'm not sure if Indigo is here. Um, yeah, and Michael Brazel watched, like, the whole series, and, and I know he would have been able to talk about it, but that's okay. We'll still be able to just, like, hit upon it and then if we wrap up the broadcast sooner rather than later, that's totally cool. But we can talk about some of the themes that the show talks about. So basically, I'll just give like a, a, a spoiler-free, relatively spoiler-free introduction to the show to be able to sell you guys on it, to be able to encourage you to go watch it. So basically, the show takes place in the 80s. So thumbs up there because the 80s is like super cool and everyone lives in basements with wooden panels. And basically, this show focuses around um, these group of boys, these four group of boys, and they're just like, you know, like 12, 13 years old, and they're kind of like Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons nerds, like Star Wars nerds at a, at a young age, pretty much something that we can all relate to, uh, un undoubtedly. And basically, what happens is that one of them goes missing. And long story short, he kind of gets pulled into a parallel dimension by basically like a monster creature that lives within this parallel dimension. And there's like this mystery that's involved with it. And uh, within this, there's this parallel story of a young girl who is basically um, someone who was like, who had taken part in an MK Ultra experiment and basically has psychic abilities. And so, like, we can talk about, like, the whole, like, MK Ultra psychic abilities and stuff like that. So this show is bringing into the uh, the, the idea of the audience the, this concept, which, again, you know, it, it's, it's presented in a very, like, realistic, believable way while also entertaining it and just encouraging people to be like, wait, you know, like, is this, re like, are, are there realities to this and everything like that? And so basically some of the main themes that it brings up are themes of parallel dimensions, are themes of psychic abilities, are themes of like MK Ultra, and that's pretty much like the main three. 
And, and so again, you know, like MK Ultra is basically referring to like these like government experiments from back in the day that would involve um, like sensory deprivation tanks, and it would involve like giving people um, like at, at the time like experimental dosage of LSD while also putting them in hyper and sleep in sensory deprivation tanks and everything and like in, encouraging them to like go into these deep meditative altered states of consciousness and it was really just like pushing the boundaries of the human mind at the time and then so like part of the story is that like again you know this young girl who's like been a part of this she like develops these like psychic abilities and stuff like that so these these like concepts do have roots within the real world. A lot of people will talk about like how MK Ultra is a thing that actually happened. Now, as to like what actually came out of it, people will sort of like give you different varying degrees of uh, what may or may not be true because a lot of it will just be like put off to the side and people will say like you know that's just a conspiracy. Um, but there's lots of information related to like secret government projects related to like remote viewing. Um, again, you know like you have. Like, uh, the movie, like, Men Who Stare at Goats is also, like, another movie that kind of hits upon some of these themes, and that has, like, Jeff Bridges in it, and he's always been in some conscious themes. And um, another thing that I would encourage people to look up is um, a project called the Montauk Project, which uh, there's, like, a book on it that I remember reading back in the day, and it got into, like, these really interesting stories of, like, the government, like, creating these technologies where people would sit in chairs and it would like amplify their psychic abilities and amplify like literally like manifest what they were thinking of like out of thin air sort of thing like they would like think of like a chair and then like an hour later on the other side of the base like the chair would appear and then sometimes it would appear like halfway through a building and things like that so it's getting into this like this really quote-unquote, like, bizarre realm of what is possible within this reality. And again, you know, just from my own point of view, considering things like psychedelic experiences and DMT and lucid dreaming and considering these things are real and considering UFOs and, and like, aliens are real, to me, like, all this stuff related to, like, psychic abilities and MK Ultra, for me, like, it's all on the table. It, 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 as crazy as it sounds, like there is much crazier stuff within this reality. Therefore, these type of things are are on the table. So um, <laughs> this is interesting. Sabrina's just like talking in the chat, and she says, "I said aliens," and then her lights flickered, which is interesting because lights flickering is actually something that happens in Stranger Things. It, it's like the way for for the boy who's in the parallel dimension to communicate with his mom who is played by Winona Ryder who is like really good in the show and so it's really funny because like again you know like that's like a thing is that like what are these parallel dimensions is this idea that like even though we're in this physical space there's other like dimensions that are actually within the same space as us just like on a different frequency or whatever and we were talking about this even recently within the dream class of like how there's actually multiple parallel earths happening simultaneously and this was like not even to get too far into it that's where we were getting into the idea of people saying you know like flat earth theories and, and, and round earth theories and, and how the, the, the reality is is that they may actually both be true and, and so like someone was asking me about this the other day I'd be like what do you think about the flat earth theory and stuff like that and I'd just be like well like I think it's possible but at the same time I think the flat earthers are wrong to think that they're the only ones who are right because it may be this thing where like they're they, like they, it's more than one and, and then there's like other realities where 
you know, it's like not even just round. It's 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 like much more hyperdimensional and and something that our mind might even have trouble like sort of wrapping its head around. So um yeah, like it it's 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 really <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mandela effect. Yeah, we talked about that on the past team building hangout as well. Um so again, you know, like I just wanted to allow you guys to jump in on the idea of um you know like what what are your guys thoughts on on some of these topics related to mk ultra related to psychic abilities related to parallel dimensions i mean is this something that you think is just like fun stuff for a tv show or do you think it's interesting or what are your thoughts on the idea that these topics are are becoming something that a lot of people are now talking about because of a show like stranger things so just opening up the microphone for anybody else who wants to jump in on share your reactions to that. So Sabrina, go ahead, and you've seen the first episode, so I think it's a preemptive move on, you know, the media's end because they know, like, all of this information is leaking. So, you know, they're putting it out in TV shows so that it's not going to, they're not going to get such a bad reaction when they finally, you know, the secret's out to everybody, like, the different mind control programs that are going on even, you know, remotely, like not even, you know, in the the chair and given the LSD, you know, they're sending us EMF waves all the time, you know, um, they have special guns and stuff that they can shoot from outside your home, you know, for you to get a reaction, you know, maybe you'll hear some kind of uh, ringing in your, your ear or you'll have a weird spasm in your leg or anything like that. They they can basically like control your mind from wherever they are. I don't think they have a leg up on on that anymore for people who are awakened because we have taken, you know, the steps to kind of free our minds from that. There's a really good song and I think it's like a really good uh it it uh, what would, what would you call it? It's a transcendental feeling, I guess. It's called Free Your Mind, and it's by Machine Gun Kelly and Steve Aoki. And, you know, they kind of go into the whole Breaking Bad uh, scenario, and I I don't know. It's a really good message in my mind, and I don't even know where I was going with that. But, yeah, I'm going to shoot that back to you. Does Does anybody else want to jump in on this? I feel, Devin, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, just with, like, uh, the psychic abilities and stuff like that. But, like, first of all, like, movies, sort of, like, they're really cool for the reason that, like, when you're watching a movie, a part of your mind kind of turns off that's kind of, uh, that's, that's you know, connected to reality. Like, when you're watching Transformers, you're not sitting there like, cars can't do that. What is this? You, you, you're, you, there's, like, a disconnection of kind of this uh, this um, disbelief. You're, you know, for the for while you're watching the Transformers, you're believing that cars can actually do that. You're believing that they talk and do all those kind of things. So that's really cool that these movies are actually, the, the movies do have that kind of impact of, um, you know, um, giving the person that idea and making them believe it, and they leave the theater and it's like, wow, what if that was, like, actually real? And the, the thought, the awareness is now flown there. Like, it's, it's, it's there now, so it is, it is real. And just with um, remote viewing and clairvoyance, something that I've had an um, accidental um, occurrences with once maybe just about four months ago I have my car just parked outside and I'm sleeping and I'm trying to do my lucid dream stuff and my astral projection and I see I see a figure with a crowbar 
and I see my car. I'm like, well, I'm dreaming about this. But then my heart starts to race, and I get up, and I rush outside, turn, turn on the light, and to my, to my surprise, I see a guy with a crowbar trying to break into my car. So I, I yell at him. I'm cussing at this guy. I'm ready. I'm in my like. I'm just in my boxers, ready to run out. And I was just like, "Wow, that was amazing." I, I knew that someone was trying to break into my car. And um, also with uh, just um, with a past girlfriend, being able to uh, see through her eyes at one point. Um, it was too, both these both these situations were called with um, like it was a dire situation. It was like a, an emergency. I feel like in emergencies you're called into to this kind of higher state to respond to whatever the emergency might be. And so she felt like she was kind of being, she was kind of being followed and like, like we had a good connection. And so I, I feel her worry. And I'm like, what did I just kind of ask myself? And I'm like, where is she? And then suddenly I kind of, I kind of start having a vision and she's like, oh my, there, there she is. And I in my car and I go drive and she's walking home to her house from work. And for some, I'm just, I just pick her up at the right time at the right place. And it was, it was kind of just like, and it was all wordless, right? We, we didn't communicate that to each other or anything, but jabs. I've, uh, and ever since that, I've kind of been working on uh, building, like, remote viewing abilities and whatnot. And that's uh, yeah, suspended disbelief, yeah. And it's, yeah, no, it's it's really awesome. Oh, I don't know one more thing I was going to touch on. I forget. I'll bring it up if I remember. Right on, right on, man. Yeah, like, I think, again, like, it's interesting because <laughs> as much as, like, the show is sort of alluding to this idea that, like, this girl who has been trained or, like, inadvertently put in a scenario that's, like, unlocked, like, these psychic abilities, it's just, like, can we develop these psychic abilities? Is that something that we have access to? And, like, how would we define psychic abilities? I mean, this is something we can definitely talk more about in, in a future broadcast. But, I mean, yeah, like... One of the things that she does within the show, and this isn't this isn't really a spoiler because I mean it, it'll show up in the show when it's relevant for those watching it, but um, she goes into like a sensory deprivation tank, and like within the sensory deprivation tank, like it allows her to basically like astral project and to sort of like retrieve information even between dimensions and stuff like that. So I mean like astral projection like is something that like we could actually like train ourselves in and so again you know like what is the idea of astral projection it's the idea that like information is non-local and, and you don't actually have to like travel across the world in order to be able to access it like rather you just sort of have to be aware that it is your thoughts that will connect you to these concepts simply by directing them in that you know by through through the thought process so I mean like if you it's it's something that does take practice because it's a development of like being able to like relax and almost like use like another part of the brain that we don't traditionally use and it's like in a deeper place of meditation but it really goes back to this idea of like where like attention goes thoughts flow kind of thing or where you know like thoughts go energy flows so I mean it's this idea that like if you're trying to do it, it can be done, you know, and kind of sometimes what's interesting is when it happens spontaneously, kind of like what happened with Deb, because it's just like, what the hell, like, was that was that something real? And, and I think what's interesting is that when you see things like astral projection, so to speak, is actually probably a more common thing within the animal kingdom than, than even within the human kingdom, because I think it's like part of like their intuitive nature, and I know I've talked about this before, how even like with wolves, there's this idea that the wolves actually like hunt 
using their dreams where like they in the dreams they like imagine themselves like they astral project within the dreams to like go over a mountain and to like find out where the hunt is rather than actually having to like physically do that and then when they wake up they actually know where it is because they've retrieved that information so I mean like that to me is just like a beautiful idea it's just like what happens when we start tapping into that you know it would just be like such a cool way to be able to like navigate this reality like knowing that we have these tools and knowing that we have these abilities um, but again it's something that I feel it makes sense that they're not like readily available to us because if they were I think it would probably just like make things incredibly chaotic and it would probably freak people out so it's like something where it's just like you really have to like practice for it you have to train for it and the universe will sort of like give it to you when you're ready or sometimes it just spontaneously happens and people have like spontaneous out-of-body experiences but again to them it starts opening them up to this like multi-dimensional reality that, that they themselves are a part of but yeah what, what do you guys think I feel like I feel like Jack's got something to say maybe yeah you're feeling me but <laughs> like I'm just vibing everything's weird 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 wolf shield energy like connecting <laughs> I'm a Capricorn so I'm an earth sign so for me, it's really powerful when people connect with the animal spirits on this planet. So it's to feel that vibe with the wolf shield energy, to understand that you see the pack. It's like the light worker pack here, you know? And like we're all here together, and it's beautiful. So that's what I gotta say. Word, man. Word. Sweet. Um, well, well, definitely, guys. Like, I mean, like I said, like we're we're getting close to to the end of the hangout. So, I mean, we can always save some of this conversation for more time and like spend more time specifically talking about secret government projects and like MK Ultra and and remote viewing and all that good stuff. Like, I I do want to do. Um, you know, like specific broadcasts in the future about like things like remote viewing and even being able to practice that through group meditation together, similar to our shared dream uh, experiences and things. I mean, that's the thing, you know, like our intention of like being able to meet up in the dream space together within like the last dream class and the previous ones, like how that's an intention, to some people, like that's paranormal. Like the, the, that, that in itself is like a really, really far out there idea, yet here it is, we're like normalizing it and we're just like approaching it with this understanding that, it, that it's there, that it's accessible, that it's within arm's reach sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of really interesting stories and you know I could just like hint at the some of the ones that I've heard related to like crazy other government ex, uh, projects like even like the Philadelphia ex, the Philadelphia experiment is one that people would probably be familiar with like the idea of like the Philadelphia was like a ship and or at least uh, correct me if I'm wrong I may be sort of mixing things up but the Philadelphia itself was like a ship and they actually like phased it out of a dimension they sort of created like a dimensional bubble around it and then they like shifted the vibration of it and it became invisible within this dimension and then when it like shifted back there was like people within the ship who were like inside of walls like it, it, they sort of like went into like a, a, another state of like uh, vibration where people sort of like went through walls kind of like and again like almost like within the astral it's like they kind of like went into like an astral version of reality and then when they shifted back they like materialize like halfway through objects and stuff and then apparently this is like the crazy thing but people can look this up and I've talked about this way way back in an old paradigm shift radio but it's just kind of like a really far out there idea that, that I think it to me honestly it really connected some dots um, but there's this story of a, a fellow named Al Bellick I don't know if anybody here has ever heard of him 
but there's like this really interesting story and apparently he like fell off the Philadelphia experiment like when it happened and he like fell through time and basically like there's like this whole story of like he basically ended up in the future and he met up with um this group of of like intelligent humanoid beings in the future and they were known as the wingmakers and they had like this like advanced civilization and the trippy thing is is that like Al Bellic talks about them and um, basically there's this whole other angle of the wingmakers that is completely separate from Al Bellic and basically the wingmakers is like now a website that you can find and it's probably it's probably still like wingmakers.com I'll check it up even just while I'm looking at this basically website um, if I understand understand the story correctly because again this is like something that showed up way way back in the day before the internet was even like popular but the main content of it was off of like digital CDs from like that were found in like like a cave or, or something like that like they were like buried there in a cave and like somebody contacted another person to like build the website like using the information off of like these CDs so it gets into this idea that like this like information from this like advanced culture from the future was like put back in time to be found before the internet came into being popularized and they basically like created this like website for themselves like through time with the assistance of like other humans and so again like Al, Al Bellick <clears throat> and um, you can look up him I'll, I'll just see if I can find a YouTube um, but it's A-L-B-E-E-C sorry A-L-B-E-L-E-C um, no that's not right is that is that someone will see if they can find um Wing, I'm gonna see if I can find it because maybe I'm like spelling it wrong. I, I look, I looked, I spelled it B E L E C, and it just came up with like soccer players. So it's B E L E K. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, like. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I just ran a search on Al Bellic wingmakers, and like right away, there's like these super old interviews with him, and and like from what part of the story, it's like it's really trippy because I I think. I'd have to go back and re refresh my familiarity with it, but, like, I think, like, he, like... Because, like, he's an old man at this point, but I think it's, like, he, like, reincarnated or something as, like... T I Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I, I, I can't remember exactly remember, like, how he's, like, an old man who has this knowledge. But, yeah, like, he's done lots of interviews... Um, yeah, and so like even just the video for this for this YouTube video, it's like Al Bellic talks about his time travel into far future and the Wingmakers. So again, like this guy, like from way back in the day, was like talking about the Wingmakers, and then like the Wingmakers like was like a separate website that appeared, but like both of them like cross referenced each other and were like these parallel stories. And there's like other channelings from people from like the Wingmakers, and again, so like the Wingmakers is like this like advanced civilization. Um, in like at, I guess according to this the 28th century so I mean it, like this goes into a whole another idea that the idea that you know a lot of like the UFOs and and things that we are seeing related to like interdimensional beings are actually like us from the future you know like coming back to, to be able to like assist with our shift and being able to like communicate with ourselves 
which I think is like a huge idea, right? Like people are just like thinking things from a linear timeline perspective, but it's just like that would probably make sense, right? We we sort of get into this, this future idea, and again, you know, wouldn't you do that? Like, wouldn't you be curious in doing that? Going back and like, but 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 then, but then again, like, why now, right? And and if, and if and if if that's the case, it really brings emphasis to the point that you know related to like 2012 and right now. Like, I feel like right now we're at the, like this like precipice. And, and I feel like what happens now sort of like affects like so much of the future, much bigger than we even realize, um, which is a very interesting idea to think that like maybe we've done this before, but like this time, like it's going to be different. So just opening up some ideas. But yeah, I'll just let anybody else jump in. Uh, Jack, did you want to go? Yeah, so have you guys seen the Ralph and Marsha ring? It's, it's kind of a similar story where this guy like he's goes on a ship that was created and it kind of expl- like explains the subconscious programming how they're in a ship basically and they teleport through time space and nobody they're like it's over good job you did it and they're like we didn't do anything we didn't do anything at all and it's basically like your subconscious mind how it creates blocks so these people teleported through time, and they didn't even realize it. And the people had to say, okay, look in your pockets. And there was something in their pockets. It was like rocks. So they realized that they had actually went through time. And this is a part of these experiments that I'm going to like share with you guys. Just like Jordan was saying, there's all these people that have these experiences that are outside of the constructs of what people perceive, you know? So, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Hi there, this is, uh, this is Scott. I've actually got something... Hi, Scott. Go ahead. Hey, hey sorry. This is the first time actually even hanging with you guys. Uh, thanks, Brendan, for, for pointing me in this direction. Um... God, so many things. Like, I'm just going to speak to time travel specifically. When I was uh, 15, I actually time traveled in lucid dreaming. Um, I've been lucid dreaming since I was since I was like little. In fact, it, I was on antidepressants, and I was, um, you know, considered clinically depressed, and and went through that whole rigmarole before I realized that I was just psychic and sensitive. Um, when I was about 15, I had this dream where I like folded in on myself, I went into the backyard, folded in, went through time, had this very vivid experience where I went forward a few years into the future and walked into my house, interacted with a number of the people that were there, uh, wrote everything down. I woke up, was like, wow, that was weird, didn't think anything of it. Two years later, I'm actually in the house at the time when I had had the dream, so I popped in around that time, and it all hit me. I remembered all of it. I'm like, holy shit, that's right. This is actually what occurred. And I went through and I found the little note cards that I put it on and I did a comparison of all the things that I had found that I would written about and talked about and they were all there. And that for me was a huge confirmation moment that this is reality and that reality is shifty. <laughs> and that we can, we can play with it a little bit. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. And yeah, I mean, again, like, I love that idea that, you know, we're constantly just like, just like, how do we achieve time travel? Yet, 
why like society itself just isn't really looking towards the idea of being able to do it within dreams like we're already time traveling time travelers we already have this natural ability it's just like not really in the way that we think it is so we're already time traveling in slow motion in one direction that too yeah <laughs> totally yeah Cool guys. Um, well, again, it's it's about 1:30 um, right now, so I feel like we we should get wrapping this up soon enough. But uh, just um, to be able to get some sleep and come back at this again uh, another day. But um, I, I know Sabrina was going to do a tarot card reading, but she went to bed, which is totally cool. And she says that she has a time travel story for us in another time. So um, yeah, if any does does anybody else here again? I just want to give you guys the option. Does anybody else here want to do like a tarot reading or a card reading for the group if they happen to have any cards available? Um, just putting that out there. Otherwise, I do have a, a card deck that I can use. Does anybody else have a card deck that they might want to do a tarot reading for for the group? Um, Jeremy, Jeremy, you're in here. Hello, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy's been listening. Um, Jeremy, if you want to, um, no, Jeremy, go ahead. Like, I, I'd rather, I'd rather have someone else do it. So, just to provide some variety as well. Um, so, Jeremy, do you want to do a, a tarot card reading for us? Um, if so, you can just unmute yourself and, and say hello. Um, okay. Oh, right. I mean, if the, hey, Jeremy. Hey, is it working? It is. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Okay, last time it didn't work, so... No worries. I've been enjoying listening to you guys talk. I've been... It's been... It's been nice. Cool. I've had you on. It's like my own personal radio show here. Ah, okay. <laughs> totally, man. Okay. So, so, um... So one sweet. second. We'll, I'm gonna... I'm gonna find the cards real quick. There should be... Right okay, cool. Okay, cool. Sweet. Jeremy's a, a local shifter from from London, and, uh, yeah, good good friend. So, and he's... he's awesome shirt, too. Yes, very cool uh, shirt. Ah, uh, yes, nine-pointed star. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. One second. <laughs> Sweet. So, so Jeremy will uh, will will do. We'll get him to do a tarot reading, and um, then we can wrap up with a short meditation. Would anybody here want to do a short meditation for the group? Just like really, just kind of like a a few moments kind of thing. And, and just like inviting you guys to, to try it, even if it, if it's something you're not entirely familiar with, I feel like um, I feel like I could totally put Jack on the spot if you wanted to, but I'll leave that option up to him. But if anybody else wants to, they're more than welcome to. No, I'm happy to do it. Actually, my specialty. There you go, Scott. Perfect. This, okay, well, let's. There we go. Okay, perfect. Someone was going to. So. <laughs> cool. Okay, so Jeremy, um, so let's let's do a tarot card reading and let's sort of like put the intention that this is like for for like the community and, and just kind of whatever it is that we need to see, kind of thing. And it will just be one card. So so we'll we'll let you we'll let you facilitate it and and we'll put our collective energy into it. And, um, oh, Jeremy, are you still there? Your video froze. Yeah, no, I'm I I I'm just I'm just uh, meditating for a second to okay to no get worries. the right feels here. Um, okay, your video actually did freeze, I think, but it, it, that's okay. So I'll go ahead and I'm going to choose uh, the eleventh card down from my deck here. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and do that.
Okay, so just play-by-play play for the people listening. Jeremy is currently selecting the card. So it's the uh, Ace of Ace of Cups. Okay, and so what what does that tell us, Jeremy? Yeah, so the aces in 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 in, uh, in my system that I use, um, the lower the numbers, uh, so one, like the ace would be the lowest number, represent the most um, unpredictable things, and then the higher numbers represent more predictable things. Um, so basically, what this means is you're going to find unexpected connection. Uh, or something. Uh, the Ace of Cups is kind of like your traditional, like, you're going to, like, make a new, um, uh, like, like, it's kind of like when, when I do readings for people, like, when I get this card, especially for women, it usually means find some sort of like this if they're if they're looking for that or if this card comes up it usually has like kind of one of those uh, overtones to it um, it means um, the, the meaning of the card is that love is is something that you can't predict and it comes in a totally unexpected uh, uh, fashion um, and that there's no way to predict um, Predict it because it is like just purely out of chaos, so uh, and sort of like a benevolent chaos. So it's like the benevolent chaos of connecting with other people, um, and that uh, true connection comes from that sort of chaotic place. So that's definitely. So I would say this card is really good for like this card kind of embodies I think uh, free hugs philosophy, where you're really just um, going out into the sort of the ace universe or the one universe where. Where it's everything is sort of chaotic um, and unpredictable, and then the cups have to do with um, sharing, um, usually sharing thoughts or sharing space with someone, sharing some some, uh, or it could be sharing love, communication, it could be sharing uh, in a lot of different ways. But um, um, the cup is kind of like a focal point where people all look together and they all see the cup and they all drink from the same cup. They raise their cups, and it so it has a element of communication as well, where everyone sees the same cup. It's almost like a word, and we use it a uh, cup to communicate one thing, um, like a talking stick or a glass of wine is kind of a, similar to a talking stick in that sense too. Um, so a cup is used to facilitate communication. Um, cup is used to in diplomacy. Um, the different suits of the tarot can be understood as different methods. Of government or of controlling like a population in a certain way, like there's like swords and you know wands or like clubs and like coins you can buy people. But then this is like diplomacy, you know. So so it's like that represents communication. That's sort of the traditional tarot symbolism. It has a bit. Of, it's medieval, right? So um um so yeah. So that so the Ace of Cups, I would say. For for us right now is sort of um, using philosophical terms would be like it, um, experiencing the other, the otherliness, 
and um, sort of the chaoticness of experiencing other people. Um, and it can be very positive. It doesn't have to be um, a negative thing because it's, it's just another you that you're experiencing, right? Um, so depending on what level of you you're on, um, it could be the scariest thing ever. It could be the most blissful thing ever, I guess. Um, but um, but either way, you know, um, experiencing of the um, the un sorry, my cat here. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's cat is here. Okay, so it's experience. So the aces represent sort of unpredictable, chaotic things happening. Um, and so if I was doing this reading for like some of the streets. I'd be like really cheesy. I'd be like you're gonna unexpectedly find like the lover that you want kind of thing. But for this group, I would say it's like um, if you go out and like we do the free hugs. I see the free hugs sign there. So if if when you go out and do free hugs, um, you're going to you're experiencing something which you can't like put into a can. You can't buy. Um, it's totally chaotic, and it's like, but it's also connecting with other people the same. So, um, I think a lot of times when we're on the on our uh, with the internet and everything nowadays and everything, we can save everything on our computers, and we never have to lose anything, and, and everything can be planned ahead. And organized so so thoroughly with our technology that experiencing the unpredictable, the chaotic, it's like it's easy for us to put it even exist. You know, maybe there's no such thing as an unordered, unpredictable, predictable universe. But um, the truth is, is that like that's the base. Like that's the first thing, right? First thing, like, is chaos, and then we move up into order. So. I think one way for us to ground ourselves in the real reality, now that we're in this digital age where everything is so, um, not controlled, but uh, organized, I guess, in, in a digital sense, uh, is we can, ex we can still experience, we need to, we, to ground ourselves, we can, we can uh, experience the chaotic element of um, interacting with people in a sort of a un- uh, scripted way, uh, which like the free hugs or other sort of things can do for us. Uh, so, so it's a good way to ground with your soul if you want to ground with your soul and figure out where you're at with yourself, like your real, real self. You'll, like I said, you'll kind of connect with your outside yourself with who you, your inner being is at that time. So, it's like, it's like, uh, it's a. It's a card for like the divination of meeting random people. I would say it's kind of like what is essence. You find your reflection in others, the most perfect reflection in a moment of chaos, in a crowd, so to say. All right, Love that's it. my that's my reading. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks, Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You, also, you, can't predict, you can't predict when the cat is going to come in to the. Uh, for the meeting, so so there you go. Could I could yes, maybe could have predicted that a little bit. I could have maybe predicted having my cat come in, but so. She's single. She's really she's single and she's looking to mingle right now with any. Yeah. Does anyone have anything out there? 
Get ready for your Ace of Cups energy. She is so ready just to experience the other, the chaotic other. You know. Cool. Well, thanks, Jeremy. That was awesome, man. Very yeah. appropriate. So, very cool. Sweet. There you go. Thanks, thanks, Katie. Katie. Yeah. Cool, cool. Wow, I love how she's like, she just lays that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Okay, well, um, yeah, thanks again, Jeremy. And, and definitely just, you know, people in the future broadcast, if they if you guys ever want to do a tarot reading for the group, just feel free to, to be here and, and to be involved with that. You're more than welcome to. So, um, yeah, let's let's get keep things bouncing around, and we're going to get close to wrapping things up. Um, before we do that, I just want to take a moment to just go over uh, just a couple of reminders for everyone and let them know that the uh, next live broadcast that we'll be doing relative to this one which is July 28th. The next live broadcast coming up will be the Paradigm Shift Destiny School, which will be next Thursday on August 4th. And the topic for that is going to be on love and sacred sexuality. So the, the idea with the Destiny School, for those of you who are new to this project recently, the Destiny School is something that we do once a month, and it's about a specific topic each time. And it's something that we encourage people to do a little bit of prep work ahead of time, like bring in some extra notes, do some extra research, and to add a little mini presentation presentation within the broadcast, keeping in mind that our focus within many of these broadcasts, but in particular the Destiny School, is to create you know, a nice package of media that is educational and inspirational, and in this case about the specific topic, as I said, about love and sacred sexuality. So whatever that means to you, just encouraging you guys to be involved with that and be here to help create it as well. So the show up time will be at 9 p.m. and we'll go live as soon as we have enough people for that. Then the next broadcast after that will be on Tuesday, August 9th, which will be for the Paradigm Shift Dream class. Again, talking about lucid dreaming, metaphysics, dream exploration, astral projection, and checking in to see where everyone's progress is. And then the following broadcast will be on the next Thursday, which will be August 11th, and that will be the community admins meeting. So again, that's related to creating physical Paradigm Shift communities where you are to be able to help get the, get the boots on the ground, to be able to help get the community organized, to be able to help create space to bring people together to be able to build the tribe. So if you're interested in creating a shift community, you can tune in for that one, but definitely go back and listen to previous broadcasts of the admin meetings as well as any of the other broadcasts that we have available through the main website. And uh, yeah, huge shout out for everyone being involved with this. Um, I just want to say a couple things that I'm going to be working on uh, right now are I'm working on the new video for from the Pride Parade and the free hugs. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to do that soon. And I'm also going to be doing a new conscious article about finding spiritual strength through the loss of a pet, which is, again, related to my recent experience with uh, the loss of my dog Shelby on my birthday. And I have a new video for that, which is actually already... Even though it's unreleased, for people who really want to go see it, um, you can actually find it right now on the Paradigm Shift Central website under newest community videos. It's already in the feed for that, even though the article isn't up for that. And it's a video that I made that's like... Basically, what I did is that while Shelby was still alive, like it was within shortly after we decided, okay, we're going to be putting him down on Monday, which again was my birthday. Um, I went out there and I spent some time with him with the camera, and in about just like a few short minutes, I basically like channeled a message of like his voice talking to me and talking to us. And so I put together a video called Shelby's Requiem. 
and um, it's something that you guys can check out, and it's kind of like a montage and and a tribute, and 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 just being able to like you know like thanking him and and to be able to like hear the message that he has for for us as well. So it was a very interesting experience to kind of like do that sort of connect in that space with my dog at, in that moment. And there was a very intimate moment. You know, the emotions were very raw and everything. So um, I'm very happy with how the video turned out. And again, you can also find that directly through my YouTube at youtube.com slash skullbabylon. And uh, that will be public very soon, probably by the time many of you hear this broadcast. So you guys can check that out as well. And um, in addition to that, I've also got a few other videos related to free hugs, and of course I'm also working on the Journey to Lucidity 3 movie, and uh, hoping to get some more time focused on that as well to be able to release that. And of course, those of you who are unfamiliar, you can check out the Journey to Lucidity movies on my YouTube as well, and those are full-length consciousness-shifting movies about awakening within the dream that take place within a transforma transformational dream festival. And... Um, yeah, again, so just thanking everyone so much for being involved with this, reminding them that they can sign up on the main website, encouraging them to use the website as a platform to share your ideas, to share your media, to practice creating conscious media, to practice sharing your voice through the creation of quest journals and conscious articles and encouraging you guys to create videos and, of course, encouraging you to be involved with ongoing future broadcasts through the community and ultimately encouraging you to continue the shifty conversations where you are and to go do things like free hugs and to be able to help create paradigm shift communities where you are. And of course, lastly, we'll just remind people once again to be able to sign up for the team Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton when they can, and that helps support the ongoing evolution of the project, and it's a great way to be able to engage in an incredibly beneficial form of energy exchange to just be able to show your appreciation for these ongoing live broadcasts that we provide for the community that, of course, are always going to continue to be completely free and accessible for everyone so huge shout out to everyone signed up for the Patreon and signing up in the future for, for making that possible and when you sign up you also get the shifter booster kit with as many shift buttons as you ask for which again are tools to be able to help hack the matrix and accelerate the shift in consciousness where you are as part of the real world game so once again thank you so much everyone for being a part of that so with that said we'll uh, get ready to conclude this broadcast with a closing meditation and uh, I believe Scott was going to lead a uh, into that closing meditation. So, Scott, um, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. And, and by all means, man, please uh, do do what do what feels right. And uh, yeah, passing it over to you. So, I don't know. I, I think the kitty kitty meows is like kitty. all anyone needs for for any kitty. kind of. <laughs> all right, yeah. go ahead. Is there any kind of framework around what you guys um, need to do? I mean, if anything, like, I mean, kind of kind of what, uh, yeah, I, I can give you a little bit of framework. I mean, within all this, you know, I was just kind of, like, bringing it into the, uh, like, embodiment of, like, being a light guardian is kind of something that we kind of bring it back to, you know, just, like, being what it is that we need to be and, and continuing to be, like, a metaphysical explorer and experiencer. So, I mean, it can be, you know, when I do, like, these little micro-meditations, you know, it's just, like, bringing us into a place of stillness, and then just kind of allowing what needs to come out of your mouth to come out of your mouth uh, sort of thing. So it's just like a guided reaffirmation within the meditation. And uh, within that, you can just have like a few moments of reflection and connection with breath and then just closing it off with uh, anything else that, that comes to mind. So, but yeah, it just doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be too long by any means, but whatever. That's yeah. beautiful. I, I do these for groups of like 150. Uh, oh, awesome, man. 
there's all kinds of uh, ways to get into it. But all right, all right, all right. Sweet. All right. All right, passing it over to you. So thanks again, Scott. Yeah, no problem. So, everybody, I'm really tactile. So I usually put my fingers together, sort of press them, feel my body, feel my feet on the ground. Feel yourself in your body where you sit, where you stand. You are the center of all things. Take a breath in. Breathe in that energy. As you breathe out, share that energy with the people here on this call. As you breathe in, pull in a little of that energy of the friends here you have around you. Make that connection. Make it with your breath. Make it in your body. And let it settle in. As it sits there in your body, you can feel the connection to others. You can feel the connection to yourself. Now let's take a little play with the imagination. With every breath in and every breath out, feel more centered in the here and now. With every sound, with every sensation, Get more connected. Be more present. Imagine yourself standing on a road. In front of you, it stretches on and on and on. And you notice behind you is the same. To your left and to your right. You stand at the center of the crossroads. This is not just a crossroads in the dimension of walking and stepping and moving around, but this is the crossroads of time. Above you, below you, and within a crossroad that leads in seven directions. Breathe in. Breathe out. Just be there. There's no need to change. You're already on your path. You're already here. This is a place that connects you to the realm of all time and all space. From here, you can affect great change within your own life and with everyone that you meet along this path. I've heard it said there is only one path 
and it's yours. And you can't not be on it. As you breathe in and breathe out, let that energy carry with you into your dreams. Let this center be a place of recognition. As you dream, find yourself in this center. As you stand, as you sit, find yourself here. There are many adventures to have on this path, but for now, leave it as a template. That base level program, the white screen from which you can build all things. Take in another breath and feel yourself in your body. Breathe it out and let your toes wiggle and let your fingers wiggle. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Be here now. Aho. <laughs> Could have taken that a little further. Doing that for a half an hour, it's really fun. <laughs> Scott, did you really did you did you write that or was that from No, that was off the cuff. Um I've been doing these for I don't know, fifteen years. So you just you, you came up with it in the moment, but you obviously drew from your knowledge or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I do this, it's funny, I actually don't do this one with the seven directions in a group too often because it can be a little hard to, like not everybody's ready for it, right? Like it, it, it requires a lot of personal responsibility to be standing in your path. And so I often take people down more of a like a natural path. I have them walk down a mountain path, we get to a meadow, there's a rock, maybe there's a doorway, you go down into the, into the earth, maybe you meet people. Um, there's a lot of different variations on it, but this is the one that I actually use for myself. Cool. That was good, man. That was good. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks. Um, I will just say, as we get moving towards the end of this, um, just for anybody in the chat, if you guys just want to share your Facebook profiles in the chat, um, just to make sure that I have your contact information. And then for anybody listening to these broadcasts, we'll include the uh, contacts for, for people who they've heard in the broadcast if people would like to connect with them further as well. So if you guys can just do that on the side. So, um, yeah, so with that said, guys, we'll, we'll get close to, to wrapping this up. And, uh, again, just thank you so much, everyone, for, for being a part of this. Um, before we do, I just want to give uh, you guys a, another chance if there's any other message that you guys just want to share with the, the hundreds of people who, who will be listening to this in the future as well. For I all actually want to – I have a message, Brendan. Sure, yeah, go ahead. It's only about two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> we have time, right? <laughs> sure, yeah, welcome, KJ. No, I'm just joking. Um, no, but Scott, that was very beautiful. I joined a little bit late. I'm sure you guys had a great time, but uh, yeah, 
Scott, that was that was very nice. Just so that was beautiful. And uh, yeah, sorry I missed uh, out on so much, but uh, I'm glad to see so many great people hanging out and uh, participating in this <clears throat> divine light. So on the Mustang to everyone. Awesome. Thank you, KJ. I'm glad glad you made it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, just, okay, so just again, just passing it around if anybody else has this. Um, Devin, you got your mic open. Did you want to? Oh, I did. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Awesome. Good time. Good talk today. Uh, learned a lot and just a lot of expansion, a lot of ideas, and looking forward to the next one. Word, right, man. Yeah, no, and th thanks for thanks for jumping right into this, man. Like two two hangouts back to back for someone who's brand new to the game. Bonus points to you, man. You're gonna get extra extra shift buttons your way. <laughs> cool. Um, anybody anybody else uh, have anything they want to share? Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that um, in that meditation, um, I really uh, felt called to uh, think about compassion and um, I don't know especially the seven directions the one direction is moving within right is that correct so it's yeah. like the six directions out and it's like one direction moving in and when you yeah, said that I can actually play with nine directions with a bit yeah in is is one of the is like the center one yeah well anyways I really felt um, I really felt um, like some, sometimes when when, uh, when I've, I've practiced meditation in the past, um, compassion kind of seems like that optional bonus thing. But for some reason, how you stated it, like all those directions at the same time, like the one going in is the same as those going out, um, um, just felt um, I don't know I don't know why, but it felt like, uh, like that just. That seemed like a really good visualization on why compassion is not a sort of a bonus, but really like um, a fundamental um, to me. And so I like I like what you're saying, man. I can feel yeah. it. I, I see it. So um, yeah. So I just thought I would share that. Um, so I just I just called to just share that. Um, um, so. So, Can I add some uh, language to that? I would say like the language of like, sure. recipro reciprocity or like reciprocalness. Like it's like that's how you recognize like there's no difference between yourself and like others and others and the self. It's like so like you kind of become one with everything. Yeah. In that sense, and so you recognize that you know compassion isn't just about like. Uh, yeah. Let me. I'll put my own words now on it, but hopefully I'm not like disagreeing with you, or maybe I'm a little bit. I don't know, but like, it's like this point, I just think about like compassion is not about like giving to others. It's like about giving to the self, and then giving to the self you give to others, and then mm. and then yeah. and and then that realization it even gives back even more to the true self because you learn more about the self from giving to others. It's like it, it kind of. I keep going back to the recursive algorithm, or like. It's just on this reversion back to original principles. Yeah, for sure. Um, Hala fucking Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think English is so tricky. Uh, 
because the self is not just the uh, individual, right? And so it's like giving to the. That's why the seven directions was really it's like giving to those yeah. seven directions. You can also see how people. It can be easy to be vague too, because the vague is actually more accurate in a certain I'm, way. I'm sorry, you know, but you're you're totally no, no. Right. For me, like I, in, in the, all of our language, because it's actually more accurate, because it's the we say the self. Usually, and that's traditional I language. Would say the self with the capital S, which transcends ego. You know, transcends right. like individual instantiation of like soul. So you're right. True, it's yeah. like I can be vague, and then like. I no, just, no, it's so not you. It's it's the language. It's it's English. It's, a, it's yeah. A totally. <laughs> don't 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 worry about. It. <laughs> so, so it's it's not even a problem. It's just kind of a. It's just it's part of the poetry though. of it. You, it's part totally of the poetry right. of our mindset too. So uh, or how we communicate with other people. It accentuates different sort of parts of it structure. So, but yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, thank you for chiming in, Mister. Wisdom Lover Experience Podcast Man. That's <laughs> Cheers. Yes. It's, it's the wisdom. He's the, he's the whiz. The, wiz, the wisdom. There you go. Well, I'm trying to start this thing with, uh, well, I'm starting my own deal here, the Wisdom Lover Experience Podcast, but I've been inspired by Brendan. Uh, I'm going to definitely be working with him in Paradigm Shift. Uh, it's it's been a long journey for me, but I mean I've I've studied with a guru for a long time, so like I'm sort of I I have I, I speak in Platonic metaphysical terms. That's like I I say the self, and like I'm thinking of like Parmenides and the Eleusinian mysteries and things like this, right? But like, um, mm. no, the, for sure, man. The the reality is is like Brendan has been like an inspiring, just so inspiring for many years to me um, and like so I, I'm excited to get back into my projects and start to do this and uh, he's gonna be like one of my basically hopefully my first interview on my first podcast I, I um, bought some some lighting you know equipment and like you know I got the camera and all this stuff and and ironically enough what happened uh, my mom ended up uh, See, I, I make a long story short. I came back from India. I came back in touch with Brendan, and then I came back because my mom was sick. And then I dealt with my mom, uh, helping her heal for uh, basically three or four months. And then, uh, then uh, she passed. And then uh, oh. it was very difficult. Uh, and then it's like I'm just sort of I was in the middle of all these projects of like getting this back on track and then like helping her and like now that I'm sorry I, to hear about your mother yeah yeah I mean like it's been a long thing like I've been reflecting a lot about like the passing of body and like you know it's Shelby a uh, very similar story with Brendan right like it, and actually Brendan has helped me a lot on this level as well and so it's, it's all come together in a very synchronistic way you know to, to for lack of a better word at the moment and it's been very divinely beautiful and very inspiring and uh, I mean I couldn't ask for anything more and like when Scott was saying like being on this path and like he said like it's impossible to not be on the path that you're on because it's like hmm. that's the path that's been laid out in front of you and it's like it reminds me of something like in that says like even though the scope of the mind is pervasive it's always directed to what is personally significant so it's like 
even though we have this eternal divine mind that is like doesn't belong to anyone, like transcends ego, it's like for whatever reason we each have like our own individual instantiation that we have to learn the lessons that we have to learn, and it's like that's the path that we're on, and it's like right. it's impossible to not be that path. But it's like not to say at the same time that you can't wake up and grow and change, you know, in that way. It's like. Uh, I guess I'm trying to avoid the problem of allowing people like Charles Manson uh, and Ted Bundy. It's like, because I never want to allow, like, and the problem is with Aleister Crowley, like, because people misunderstand, like, the, the will, that shot will is the whole of the law. Like, does it mean that, like, is he talking metaphorically, like, metaphysically? Does he really mean that, that you can, like, kill people? But he has very profound theorems that say like you can't like instantiate upon another self right so it's like he doesn't even allow within his own program for like people like Charles Manson but so I think everything that he said afterwards is sort of metaphysical like metaphorical anyways off the topic point is divine talks <laughs> love you guys it's all good if anything, uh, I am I am Brendan's Charles Manson that he created in the lab. So, so I turned out all right. I turned out all right. So you're looking at him. So you're wondering where Brendan's like shadow, like like cult followers. It's it's yeah. I know him in I know him in person for years. And actually, I didn't when I when I was first going to Paradigm Shift, I didn't know that he had started Paradigm Shift. I like didn't know for like two years. I would oh, go wow. to these Paradigm Shift meetings. Would be and it started right around the same time as Occupy. I was really into Occupy. And I was going to those, and I just thought that it was like a... Just, I just didn't even know that. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I, I was going to them because they're awesome. And they've always been really uh, beautiful, awesome thing in London uh, that's here. And there's always just, a, it's always just been like an awesome group of people there. And, and uh, Brendan very humbly kept it to himself that he, he had started it. I think he wanted... He wanted everyone to maybe think it was just this universal thing that had happened. And it wasn't well, hey, later. that's what... So. Hey, look, dude, that's what true gurus do, dude. They never fucking tell anyone anything. Like, the, the <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Well, he's fallen off the path, then. He's fallen off the path. You know. So... But it's okay. That's okay. He's making a new path. He's making a new path somewhere else. You gotta, so you gotta tell people what. Sometimes you gotta tell people what you did so that you can encourage. Yes, them. exactly, exactly. Yeah. This is the balance of the S's, the big yeah. and the little S's, exactly. all the little S's. Yeah. And Don't the tell everyone though. Don't tell you know, everyone. You gotta balance all that out, and it's like all like hair that just gets like too long sometimes, and you shave it down, and yeah, exactly, exactly. I put a, a, a swastika on your forehead. Done. Good. Perfect. Got all your S's balanced out. Yeah, and then teach people about Hinduism. That's yeah. I, I went through a Hindu phase uh, years ago, actually, like ten years ago. I was going to a temple for a long time, like before paradigm shift. And it's very wow. interesting. Uh, the whole concept of like metaphors becoming their own realities, which kind of then not really what they represented originally, is I think really like a reoccurring theme in Hinduism. Like we have these. And it's been going on for a long time, even back like in the Vedanta days, like thousands of years ago. People would argue about whether gods were metaphors or not. So mm -hmm. it's Vedanta is my favorite. Um, yeah, Vedanta is really cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, and Vedanta is like the school where there are metaphors, right? And Actually, then, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, Platonic yeah. metaphysics and Ivana Vedanta are two peas in a pod, and so I'd say they're both my favorite. That's but cool. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. There's definitely something to be said about like a myth being a metaphor, but it's unpacked as like an analogy that allows the mind to like revert to the main principle. It's just like a symbol. You know what I mean? It's just like it's like symbolic. It's just, even like a guided meditation, like symbols within guided meditations, or like even like the lucid dreaming that uh, you know, Brendan. By the way, I was getting back reading more about lucid dreaming again recently and astral projection, trying to remember a few things, no pun intended, uh, to try to explain what I was wanting to explain about um, the role of lucid dreaming versus dreams. Uh, I'll save it for next time, okay? So next dream class, but I just I wanted to remind myself that I'll tell you, okay? Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Sweet, guys. Well, let's definitely save some more for, for another time. But you guys are welcome to, like, I mean, we'll end the broadcast, and if you guys feel called to stay up late and talk to each other, you're more than welcome to. But we'll uh, finish the recording no. part for now. So No worries. Yeah, cheers. Sweet, Have sweet. Have a good one, everyone. Awesome. Sweet. Right. So, yeah, guys, let's let's do that. Let's let's officially conclude this and, and send people.